You got me mad now. You know, you got a bad pickle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ran the bad pickle in the arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't know what the kid is that was a riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you and kick your face off. I'm down with that. Kick your face But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> hey, you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 319 of the Straight Shooters. Available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone, a Philly influencer, and Fox Sports the Gambler. And we have yet another fantastic show here ahead of us on episode 319. It is a deep dive. We're deep diving into uncensored 1997 from my from my friends at World Championship Wrestling. It is a a big show, man. Like we're gonna talk about it, but like it's such a the energy around this show. There's so much of it, and then on top of that, you got Dusty Rhodes on commentary. Ah, yeah, uh, it's, it's a, every time we do a WCW gods. deep dive. I the the number one reason I look forward to it is Dusty on commentary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dusty, Shivani, and Heenan on commentary. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but before we get into that. Uh, we got to do a quick, uh, like, I don't know, call it a shout out or just prayers to people in the Ukraine right now uh, yeah. going through a lot, clearly going through a war and, and, and an attack and invasion from uh, from Russia. Um, war is ugly. Uh, you hate, honestly, you do hate to see it, not even being sarcastic. You literally hate to see this type of stuff. Um, and we talked about it like on the 1991 you know, rumble deep dive. It's just like war is tragic. War is ugly. People die. Lives are ruined. Lives are changed forever. Like this is not for play. This is not for politics. This is people's lives on the line. Mm-hmm. People's lives would be, you know, families would be changed forever. Uh, you know, people are being uprooted out of their homes in the Ukraine. Like that, that's just, that's tragic. So, um, Yes, I, I can't do anything but just hope that the, this, the 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 violence ends as soon as possible. Yeah, it's uh, crazy seeing it play out now, especially with social media the way it is now, uh, where we can yeah. kind of follow it live, like as it happens. Versus, you know, we were in school reading about it in textbooks, and you know, or just be like, can't imagine this happening today, type of thing, and you know, it's surreal in a way. And of course, uh, our Prayers are with Ukraine, Ukrainians, and uh, all those fighting uh, for their homeland. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's just war sucks no matter how you slice it, whether the United States is involved in a war or not. Like, it always sucks. Like, I don't remember even when, like, we, 2003, I think it was, invaded Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, you know, there weren't very many people, and I was in high school at the time, that uh, were for that. Uh, even after 9-11, because, you know, there wasn't, 
you know, the whole, I wasn't involved in like the political landscape, didn't know much about it, but I, I do remember a lot of people being against that. So, uh, can only imagine how Ukrainians feel right now. Uh, really, probably not even knowing why Russia's doing this. I mean, and it I, sucks. I'd imagine most people, if you ask them, that they're against a war. Like the yeah, people, the citizens it, yeah. of these countries don't want a war. No, Russians but don't have, want a war. Russian athletes don't want a war. It's, right. We it's, see that It's always out. the people at the top making the decisions who do this type of stuff. That affect the people that and, don't want the horse. Exactly, because like, they're not fighting. Right. Unless you're a Ukrainian politician with it, they need all the men they need. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are our fighting. Um, so that? hats off to them, man, because no damn well politicians are going to do it. You decided the aisle. I deserve a round of applause from the show shooters. Right. Damn well our politicians are going to do it, no matter what side of the aisle they fall on. Mm-mm. They ain't strapping up and putting on, putting you know, having an assault rifle over their shoulder. So... And quite frankly, we're, we're fortunate that we don't have to because we'd have a, a whole fleet yeah, of people. But Ukraine, Ukraine is not as fortunate. That's the that's that's the unfortunate part of this whole thing. Right. Um, but yeah, regardless of who's involved, like you said, whether it's us or whatever, like like you said, even after 9-11, we were attacked. And there was still people like uh, war, though, like now people, are, more people are going to die. Yeah. And, and more that's what did. happens. That's yeah. the reality. Like. When somebody, when something like this happens, people die, and there's gonna be a lot of people, and that's a, that's terrible, that's awful. A lot, of, a lot of innocent people. We've already seen images and videos, and it's just like, man, like yeah, that's terrible, man. I so, just feel for those people over there. Yeah, that's that's all we can do, unfortunately. Like we, we, it's not, you know, we can vote the politicians out here potentially if they get involved with stuff that we don't care for, but mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with us technically. So yeah. It's a shame. It's a real shame. But uh, we just had to get that out. Just do that first because that's the most important thing happening on our planet right now um, before we make the always awkward transition to <laughs> lighter things um, that, you know, we're dealing with here in, in our country. But, Nick, I did my weekly check-in with you. So how you doing today on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, my good brother? Uh, hey, James Harden is a sixer. Damn straight. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun watching that uh, game Friday night. The Sixers opened the second half, well, quote-unquote half of their season. What's their, like, 25 games left yeah, in, their, the, in the regular the season Yeah, the All-Star game was real late in the season this yeah. year. Um, I think it's because they start, maybe they started late because, you know, the pandemic, the, yeah. the last season ended in, like, July. Right. Um, so the season started a little bit later. But regardless, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, you know, seeing them open the season in Minnesota, a pretty good Minnesota team. I mean, a Minnesota team that beat the Sixers, I, I, you know, before and right. kind of, you like know, the talk trash seed, about <laughs> The seventh seed in the West, you know, which yeah. they're above 500, too. It's not like they're a seventh seed and they're below 500. Like, that, that that's a possibility. Like, that team could be below 500 is. as a seven or an eight. Mm-hmm. But they're above 500 in the West. You know, you know, they're not terrible, but they're not they're not a great not team. Like a lead. Not, they're not elite, but you right. know, they're on the road. You know, Sixers on the road, and it was right. a hell of a debut for James Harden watching that. And oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, obviously, uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, the, as we're recording this on a Sunday, the Sixers are playing the Knicks on national TV in, in a little bit. So we'll be, I'm sure, we'll be jonesing for that as well. Hopefully, oh yeah, I'd we'll be hard to drop. It's like sixty in the garden today. Like, <laughs> 
Like That'd be that. great to see. I need one of those one of those major epic garden performances that like Jordan. Jordan has one oh, of those. Man. Kobe's got one. <laughs> Steph Curry had like the last like real great one that I can remember at least. I need one of those from Harden today. And then we'll, of course, see why the Nets won the trade because uh, you know, they have Ben Simmons, who's <laughs> yeah. conveniently not coming back till after March 10th. So yeah, it's, I'm uh, stunned. It, it's such March like 10th. a, a – almost feels like a wrestling storyline we're following when it comes to this because it's Pretty just much, right? hilarious in drama, some ways. A lot of drama. So, but a lot no, of drama. And, uh, but, yeah, like uh, – Go Sixers. I mean, hopefully the lockout ends too for baseball. I know I'm probably oh, I probably care more yeah. about that than you, but uh, I need spring training baseball. Like it gets me Jones in February and March, uh, yeah, you know, man. for opening day in April. So, um, Especially I hope they get that figured out, man. Did we have a normal spring training last year? Yeah, I, I felt like it was mostly normal, right? Spring yeah, because uh, that season, the prior season, the COVID yeah, they, chicken season they had ended in November. Right, they had like a week of spring training, then everything shut down, and yeah. the season. Got oh stopped. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess, they, uh, oh, they were about to start spring training, something like that. Uh, when that, I think it was already it spring training because it was yeah. March. Yeah, I think the Phillies had already started stuff, and then they had to like shut it shutter down. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think they even they already played games moment. by that point. So, yeah, I, I'm like I like watching spring training games because you know you don't really. Uh, you don't have to emotionally react to stuff. That's because the games literally do not matter. You're just trying to see, uh, you know, who can maybe steal a roster spot for the year uh, mm-hmm. with a good spring training. And I kind of like watching that because I'm like not an exhibition sports type guy. I don't like watching sports that don't really mean anything. But for some reason, baseball, I always did since I was a kid. Uh, so having that, being able to watch that, you know, in a February or March really jones me up for the season and hopefully the phillies uh you know if they have a season they'll be competitive and it's all i can hope for at this point because uh <laughs> there's not much going on in philly sports otherwise than the sixers and uh, i mean the eagles are in off season and then the flyers are uh the flyers so mm-hmm. oh but hey philadelphia union though i'm a big yeah, union guy now with uh, the gamblers so <laughs> or, uh, you know they started the season the big long mls season by the way it literally just ended in like december yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we have a lot. There's a long season, and the Union just opened their season up yesterday with a 1 1 draw against Minnesota. So, uh, you know, it could have been worse, I guess, but uh, go Union. So they're on the radar now, too. There you go. There's some stuff happening in Philly sports. Some yeah, stuff happening yeah. here. Um, but yeah, that James Harden game, though. And MB, no, it's not just James Harden. It's Embiid. It's Maxi. It's everybody. Who's yeah, Maxi out. outscored Harden too. How about that? Like, yeah, it's gonna open the Harden, floor for Maxi. Harden can so. pass. People were just like, just overlook the fact that he was like second in the league in assists coming into this game, um, assists per game at least. Um, so he can pass. And but mm. man, when he was hitting those step back threes, it was like, oh my god, like, this is yeah. this is exactly <laughs> what I want. If the offense isn't great, he could just he can just. I saw somebody up and hit a step back three like it's nothing. And it's like, oh, it's like great. I like, literally it's tweeted great. like this. I threw my hands in the air when he hit the first one. I was like, oh, <laughs> Lord, have mercy. And like, Hallelujah. Like, took me to church. <laughs> right. Oh, man, it was great. It was fantastic. But, you know, I always want to temper expectations. You don't want to get too excited because right. it's just one game. Right. we got yeah. plenty more games to go, uh, you know, especially, you know, in the postseason. So those that's when it really, you know, really comes down mm-hmm. to it. And it's season. funny. It's fun now, but hey, the Nets could be a legit team by playoff time. Kyrie right. plays, Kevin Durant, back, Ben Simmons healthy. Like that's that's a formidable team too. So yeah. I mean, we like poking fun right now because 
literally all the national media was like, oh, the Sixers lost that trade. It's like, man, you don't even know anything yet. Like, relax. Just relax. <laughs> I don't know, man. Whether, regardless of who won or who lost. I mean, Harden the Sixers and, are still going to get them next year. So <laughs> Harden and Embiid together make give defenses a lot of trouble, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. They, they're going to be... They, they're going to have to watch a lot of film or do something to stop that on the floor at the same time. It's it's going to be crazy. I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same here. Let's do a parade in in June. Oh, man. I thought this Eagles parade was dope when it was not, it was freezing outside, though. I was in it, so it was, it was it made it really, really dope. But a nice summer parade, man, that's going to be that, – that could be fun. It could be. You know? Yeah. could be if it happens. If it happens. <laughs> but we're not going to, you know, go too crazy. But – we're excited, damn it! <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have. Let's right have to this be, moment. So. Let's have this moment of yes. excitement. Yes, because uh, there's a lot of things like like we talked about earlier that aren't great in the world. So let's have that little little moment. But moving on from that, it's time for our deep dive. You ready to dive deep into WCW Uncensored 1997? Oh hell yeah! Let's do it. Whoa. Championship Wrestling. Love these intros. And Uncensored. Yes. Eddie Guerrero <laughs> and Dean Malenko get face-to-face. -face I like the voice. The voiceover, yeah. Rivalry is rekindled it's very 90s. It's just why I like it. <laughs> versus yeah. the ultimate dragon. Scotty Riggs is in a strap match with Buck Bagwell. Then a tornado match has public enemy flying to fend off Harlem Heat. Prince Ayakea will try to take the tarnish off his newly acquired cruiserweight belt. And Roddy Piper accepts help from the four horsemen. When they face both the NWO team and Team WCW comprised of the giant Lex Luger and the Steiners oh, yeah. to determine the future fate of WCW in oh, this three-team match. It's all uncensored. It's all uncensored, baby. WCW's third annual uncensored and hop and on the air. You are looking live in Charleston, South Carolina, the Low Country on the East Coast. There's one option that wasn't going to happen. It's going to be Piper and Hogan in the cage. The unexpected, if you will. If you will. It will be unexpected tonight. What will Rodman play in this great game of chess played by the NWO? We will find out tonight. Bobby the Brain, he said Rodman. Dennis Rodman is here, although he is not scheduled to be a member of this four-man NWO team. Remember, if WCW has the last man standing, the NWO tonight at this event must give back all their title belts, including Hogan's belt, as well including Six's belt and the World Tag Team Championship, and they can't wrestle for 36 months. Well, they're really with their back against the wall. Okay. Hogan knows it. <laughs> I thought that was an actual possibility. How about that? Uh, 
President of Turner's Hello, Sports, Dr. Harvey Schiller. There's so many things going on right now. This is right after Bischoff was suspended. So every member of the NWO <laughs> with Dennis Rodman here so in the building. This is uncensored. Who knows what's going to go on? Just watch your back. Some very bizarre rules <laughs> like, for the main what? event, of course. This is always <laughs> a very bizarre night. We've had some of the most memorable Protect events your neck. take place during the month of March in Uncensored. Six. And we're going to bring you all of that here tonight. It is time to go to the ring. Let's go to the ring with some great action to kick off World Championship Wrestling. Third Uncensored. So I think I have mentioned this before on the podcast. This... Now, I don't, I remember saying I didn't watch WrestleMania 13, which was, I think, a week or two after this, mm-hmm. uh, that year, because I was grounded. Oh, but I no. Think, but I think it was, uh, now that I like, think back to it when I was watching this pay per view, if I think back to it, I think it was one of those things where I could have one, you know, per month. Obviously, the way this pay per view was built, I wanted to watch the main event and whatnot. So I ordered it. And I was like, you know what? I have all week to figure out how I could try and get my mom to order WrestleMania as well. <laughs> because Uncensored was before WrestleMania. I wanted mm-hmm. to watch that. So I was just like living in the here and now, I guess. Right. So I watched this. I didn't tape it, though, unfortunately. But I watched it live. Uh, it was awesome. Like, I enjoyed everything about it. And then, you know, I spent all week, I think, trying to get my mom to... <laughs> Order WrestleMania, and eventually I was either grounded or I just had to deal with it that you know she wasn't going to order it. So, so. if you so what would, what did you do to get grounded? Probably like mouth off to her oh, about not man. ordering WrestleMania. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right, you know, like, Let's do a WrestleMania related. God damn little, it! That's basically what I did back then. Like I wasn't a bad what kid. Goddamn just... WrestleMania! Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't curse that much, but like what I did, like. Obviously, it was a a big deal in in my house, so I would get punished. And uh, yeah, I probably said something bad. (laughs) Uh, You know, yeah. It all comes back to WrestleMania, though. It does. And why did I choose Uncensored over WrestleMania? I'll never, I'll never know. But I mean, probably because of the main event. (laughs) This this was a better show. Yeah, true. I mean, WCW was like on all firing on all cylinders at this point. So I mean. I could not had, watch it. WrestleMania had Bret Hart versus Steve Austin, and then nothing really else. I mean, what else happened on the show? That that show that no, was. I mean, like, I wasn't even like worthy. into the Undertaker main eventing, even though like right. I knew he was going to win the title. But, and uh, that match that, wasn't dope. Yeah. <laughs> like it's <just> plain <laughs> and simple. No, you're right. It wasn't. Uh, wasn't really into the Rocky Maivia at that time. Nope. Uh, the Chicago Street Fight wasn't lit yeah, at all. No, like, like even though the LOD returned to WWF, it wasn't like. Mm-mm. Crazy, memorable. Nope. So, didn't the Sultan? It was a, the Rock versus uh, Rocky Maivia versus Sultan. the Sultan, right? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> didn't do it for me. <laughs> no. I got multiple matches on the show. That I was like, man, that was pretty good. Oh, that was pretty good too. No, that yeah. was kind of dope. Yeah. Not, not at WrestleMania. No. no. There's one, one thing, the one thing only. That's a that was a cl- and that was a classic. That was the best thing between either two, two shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's right? true. Between WrestleMania and Uncensored, Austin versus Brett was the yeah. Best thing that happened, probably the best thing that happened all year from an in ring standpoint in '97. Obviously, the biggest thing that happened was the screw job, but yeah, um, but yeah, WrestleMania was, was eh, <laughs> at best. yeah, it's funny because it didn't matter, I guess, because my pro WWF love, I was like, I need to watch it, come on, <laughs> like, that's fair, and it's the quote unquote biggest show of the year, yeah, so yeah. 
you know, that's 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 wrestling Super Bowl. So you don't want to just. I mean, and I'm clearly missing out on Super it Bowl. if I'm not watching it. Like I'm missing out on something, even if it's right. Just uh, you know, the Godwins versus uh, Vader and Mankind, or I mean, I, I don't think that was the match, but like you know, it, yeah. it was just bad matches after bad matches. But I want to be able to watch the bad matches. I don't want right. to not just be able to watch it. There's always a chance that something special happens. There you go at WrestleMania. You don't yep. want to miss it. So if you had the chance to watch it, so but. Uncensored in 1997 took place on March 16th, 1997, and it emanated from the North Charleston Coliseum in North Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, that building is the current home of the South Carolina Stingrays of the ECHL. Did you know that? Uh, no. Okay, well, Stingrays. Know. Yeah, I guess they're Stingrays in South Carolina somewhere. Um, <laughs> I guess. But they are the affiliate of the Washington Capitals, of course, Boo. the NHL, and the Hershey Bears of the AHL. So, Which, by the that. way, the Flyers beat the Capitals uh, yesterday. They How did. About that? They won a For game, their bro. third win in 2022. So. <laughs> Look, they won. They did. That's what matters. <laughs> All right? Um, there were 9,285 people in attendance, according to good old Wikipedia, which is, again, it's never let us down. Never. It's Not always once. right. Right? Always. Every time. Even with the tagline. Exactly. <laughs> You'll never see it coming. So, something tells me that tagline was used uh, for a lot of pay-per-views, <laughs> like WCW and WWF at the time. I f- feel like I've seen that tagline like all the time. Didn't WWE use it for SummerSlam in 2020? Like, you will never see it coming or something like that? I guess. I yeah, yeah, because uh, it's that was Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. Yeah, that's funny. That's really funny. Oh, Stupid was that. <laughs> You'll never see it come. I, mean, I guess technically we didn't. Uh, we, we didn't know. We didn't think Roman was coming back. Right. Especially that's true. during that point of the pandemic. I mean, right. Well, that was still like up in the air. It, it's crazy, by the way, that we're almost two years later, and then we're getting like masks at pharmacies and stuff. Like, doing. 2020 when things were like legit we were flat-footed bro (laughs) the whole world was honestly the whole world was like what what's this i mean i don't mean to make it sound not legit now but i'm saying like when it's like we could have really used the mask two years ago like and now we're two years later i think everyone pretty much has the masks that they want by this point so but i mean that's a good thing you could could still be i went to walgreens i got i got the free masks uh when i made my purchase so we we had to progress at some point in this in this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can you imagine that we're still in the same like oh, state man. that we were like in August 2020 when no, Roman Reigns came I don't back? Want to at all? <laughs> exactly, it was a rough time, bro. It was on a lot of different fronts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I mean, dark t- dark days back then. But um, back in 1997, no nobody even. Thinking about what, a, a pandemic? What are you uh, talking about? What's that? I'm here to watch Uncensored, which <laughs> was a cool concept for the for the time. I mean, it was pretty much WCW's version of Extreme Rules before Extreme Rules, and a better one at that, <laughs> especially on this show. Yeah. Um, but hence the name Uncensored. It was uncut, uncensored. Anything, anything goes, right? And you still didn't see anything like outrageous, but this was like the hardcore show. You didn't see yeah. this many hardcore matches. Um, on one show, especially on a like a national promotion 
promotion like WCW, th- this was not a, the norm um, outside of ECW. But ECW, right. I don't know, really, they were considered a national black, a national promotion. Yet. Yeah, they were uh, one month away from their first pay-per-view. So this there took place in March and barely legal. ECW took place in April. So, yeah, they yeah. were probably, ECW was probably like, man, what the hell? <laughs> right. But, you know, Uncensored was out before this, though. This wasn't the yeah. first Uncensored. WCW no. had this concept. Uh, what the thing started ninety five? Yeah, ninety five was the first. I I ordered it and I taped it and uh, it was quite a thing. <laughs> Wasn't one one of them was with uh I think ninety five was with the triple cage or whatever it was with Zeus. Cause we did it. We did a live commentary on it. Is we did. 95 that might have been ninety six because ninety five. I think he won a match with it was like with Vader, but he won because he took Ric Flair around and like. I don't know. It was very weird, and then it was funny because everyone's like, "Yeah, but he beat Ric Flair, not Vader." And Tony Schiavone was like, "It's uncensored, so I guess it doesn't matter." <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even count. Nope. But speaking of Tony Schiavone, he is on the call with Dusty Rhodes and Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I know that that they're probably my favorite three man team. They are my favorite yes. three man team in wrestling history. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. There's got to be no doubt after how many deep dives we've done, right. and how how much how many more WWF ones we did the WCW. I, I don't think it compares at all. <laughs> and I generally don't like three man booths, or three person booths. Right, yeah, you said that. Right, yeah. I think they're unnecessary. I don't think I think there's just too many voices talking. I think two people is just enough. You you, you don't have too much, um, just too many voices talking throughout the thing, and you got just enough dead air between those two people that it's not just too too much right with three people that that's, that's out the window everybody's talking at all times it feels like but this three-man group worked i guess there are always oh, yeah. exceptions to the to the rule so to speak they had great chemistry and it doesn't hurt that you have two of the best talkers in wrestling history in dusty Rhodes and bobby the brain heenan and then also hey one of the best play-by-play guys in wrestling history and tony shivani he's he's a true pro at what he does so yeah, three people in their prime who are all great at what they do. I'm, I'm, I guess it would work, <laughs> you know. If you will. If you will. <laughs> oh, we got so many dusty uh, clips. I love it. Because this is the Dusty show. <laughs> right? <laughs> from, a, from a commentary standpoint, Dusty stood out on this night. All right? Everybody was great, but Dusty, he had a night. Um, but they talk about the big matches that you heard, and they mentioned that Dennis Rodman – was in the building Ooh. representing the New World Order. And this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Because Dennis Rodman was in the middle of the Bulls season. He's playing for the Chicago Bulls in the middle of the NBA season. So let's dig a little background into Dennis Rodman and reintroduce him to people who may not remember just how, how big of a name he was back in the 90s. Right, especially the late late nineties. Mm. He he's, he, I mean, you know, he's pretty big when he gets his own thirty for thirty. But at this point, so the previous season, I should go back to ninety six, ninety seven season. Dennis Rodman helped the Bulls go seventy two and ten. <laughs> right, at that point, the most wins in the regular season in NBA history. That was also Mike. I think that was Michael Jordan's first season, first full season back with the Bulls. They and clearly. 72 and 10 men, they were out for blood, all right? Yeah. And they went on to win, eventually win their fourth NBA championship 
over the Seattle Supersonics. So first Mike's first season back, 72 wins, NBA championship. My goodness gracious. They're, like I said, alpha blood. By this point, so we're at March 16th, 1997. At this point, the Bulls were in the midst of trying to run their back, all right? And they're doing pretty well at it, all right? Because even though Dennis Rodman is at uncensored, he, the Bulls, even though Dennis Rodman is involved with WCW, and everybody knows this, by the way, I'm sure this is a cause of stir amongst, you know, the sports columnists out there and the pundits. The Bulls were in the middle of an eight. They were still winning damn near all of their games. All right. <laughs> like they were winning games left and right. The night before, so March 15th, 1997, Dennis Rodman was with the Bulls when they beat the Hawks by 20. 99 to 79. All right. That's this is the Atlanta Hawks who were led by like Christian Leitner. Okay. So they weren't in great shape. That win helped the Bulls improve to 56 and 9. Wow. wow. It was that's pretty good. <laughs> and they had lost their previous game. Oh man. Then this win was the beginning of an eight game win streak. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't lose again until April third. So Dennis Rodman is doing this. Doesn't even matter. The Bulls are a machine. All right. <laughs> In that Hawks game, though, the night before, Dennis Rodman, he played. He played twenty nine minutes. And scored 10 points, which, if you know Dennis Rodman, that's a lot of points for him. He, double figures is not something uh, he does very often. He doesn't have to. He affects the game in other ways. That's why uh, he's such a unique player and a unique talent, because he wasn't necessarily a scorer, but he affects the game in so many other ways. Just like on this night, where he did hit four of his six shots from the field, which is pretty good. Ooh, how about that? But he grabbed 14 rebounds. Recorded two steals, recorded a block, and all this, all this with only committing two personal fouls. Wow, that's pretty good. That's new Oddly NWO enough, for life type right. stuff. Exactly. Oddly enough, he scored the same amount of points as Michael Jordan on this night. Oh. <laughs> Jordan only had ten. What? Well, that was like career low. <laughs> probably, you know, still double figures. Jeez. Uh, so that's not something that happened very often. Mm-hmm. All five of Chicago's starters scored in double figures. Scotty Pippen led the way for the Bulls with 17. They were a very balanced team on this night. Uh, so I'm assuming after that, Robin must have hopped in a plane and headed for North Charleston, South Carolina, <laughs> to get ready for Uncensored. Uh, fortunately for him, the event Uncensored landed on an off day for the Bulls, so he didn't ha- he didn't miss a game. Now. I'm not sure about this. I don't know if you remember, but did he appear on Nitro the next night? I do not remember that off the top of my head. I mean, he he did appear on Nitro after this, but I don't know if he right. appeared the next night. So because that the, the Bulls were also off on that Monday, they didn't play again until Tuesday against the Sonics. Mm. So feasibly, I would assume. I guess he could have appeared on Nitro the next night again. Though. This is in the middle of a season, right? Like, all right. Just appearing at Uncensored is pretty big. It's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. They had okay. photographers at ringside that you know were oh, taking his yeah. pictures. They were all over when he. We're came gonna talk out, about so. it this, yeah. again. This is in the middle of the season. Granted, it's a damn good season for the Bulls. All right, I'm like, you know, they're like in the eighth seed, and Dennis Rodman is is jetting off to do wrestling stuff. They're comfortably in first place in the East, right? 
uh, and they comfortably win another NBA championship. <laughs> okay, because they went on to go sixty nine and thirteen, right, and beat the Jazz in the NBA Finals. Whew. Okay, for yeah. the first time, they'll do it again the next year because they had another three P. <laughs> okay, man. I, As I, for Rodman, though, I was in the wrestling bubble. Season. I didn't realize how much this was, or if it was like nationally uh, talked about. But I remember I'm being sure in the wrestling bubble, and I was just like, okay, a basketball player, who cares? <laughs> I'm sure it was, because especially when then Malone got involved, Carl Malone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this that they were the the Bulls and the Jazz are two best teams in basketball. You yeah, got two of their best players. Because <laughs> they brought Going him in. It. They brought him in when like WWF was back on top, or you know they were neck and neck right before, like as WWF was ascending. So. At this point, you know, WWF was in the mud, you know, like WrestleMania 13 right around the corner. It was like, oh, what are they going to do? I mean, it got better story-wise, obviously, but in terms of, uh, you know, me being in my wrestling bubble, like I didn't really care about Dennis Rodman at this point. So it's crazy that, like, my mindset was like that because I just kind of didn't realize how big he really was. Oh, he was big. You know, we'll get into that soon. But Dennis Rodman, during this... 69 and 13 season that the Bulls had. He averaged a league best 16 rebounds per game. The next closest person was to Kembe Mutombo. He averaged 11.6 11. 11. Ah, rebounds per good. game. I just guess that. How about that? He averaged <laughs> five more rebounds per game wow. than anybody else in basketball. He also led the league in total offensive rebounds with 320. The next closest person was Dale Davis. 268. And, oh, nah. 301. He had 19 more offensive rebounds than anybody else in basketball. And he was third overall in total rebounds. He's one of the 75 greatest players of all time in NBA history. As He's on that 75th anniversary team. And, of course, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I'd imagine most people on that team are in the Basketball Hall of Fame unless they're current players. Dennis Rodman does not play anymore for you non-sports fanatics out there. Does anyone from that uh, era play anymore? No. They are well into their 50s. They are done. Right? But like you mentioned, you didn't realize just how big or how famous Dennis Rodman was at that point. He was. Remember we talked about Mike Tyson. If Mike Tyson was like the number one guy as far as like uh, charismatic yet controversial sports figures, Dennis Rodman is probably number two. He was looked at as like the quintessential bad boy of sports, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Hollywood scriptwriters had a field day <laughs> writing characters that bore some resemblance to Rodman and his antics, including one of those antics was when he married himself in 1996 <laughs> in a wedding dress, horse and carriage and all. He was just far ahead of his time. <laughs> he was <laughs> just a bit, <laughs> just way ahead of it. This would be wild today if, say, I don't know, name an athlete married themselves and wore the wedding dress. And you know how people are when it comes to men and dresses and stuff like that. They just don't know how to react, mm-hmm. right? But which, by the way, if that happened today in the social media era. This is 1996. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's part of a, he's releasing an like an autobiography. Some type of book, so that was part of the promotion. But like, come on, this is wild. That would be wild for today. Social media would be on fire if somebody did that today. 
You know, what was funny as an aside, NWO promo during the show, they they would make fun of Roddy Piper for wearing a kilt, but they would, you know, just be like, oh, like, is Robin going to wear a dress today? Like, it's just as a matter of fact, <laughs> like, not exactly making fun of him because he's part right. of the NWO, but it's just weird how that type of stuff was back then. Probably yeah. still is in some communities, sure. but uh, yeah, it's just crazy. We see, we saw the uh, the the laws that was passed in Texas about trans children and stuff like that. Like, people are wild, man, and just outright, just some cases crazy. Protect you trans know. kids. Yeah, please, because this is wild. Like, come on, like this is blatant S- discrimination. Some, sometimes I can't believe. Like, I I just assume it's fake or something, but I can't believe it's no, like real this life. The timeline. This is the real timeline we're living in, bro. I cannot believe it's real life. Not sometimes. not a great timeline. Can we, I'm no. pretty sure there's a better timeline out there than this. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Um, but back to Dennis Rodman. Athletes, especially back then, rarely express themselves outside of sports. Right. Yeah. Well, definitely back then, but today that's different because of social media. And athletes are expressing themselves in unique ways all the time, whether it's, you know, through their own platforms. They talk, they they tweet. <clears throat> Some of them have podcasts. There are multiple podcasts that are hosted by athletes. Like I think um, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, they have they're busting the boys. They're current NFL players hosting the podcast. There are a lot of former athletes who host podcasts. Um, and between that and fashion, the way they you know some of them are big into fashion or. They, they got movies out there that they produce. Like LeBron has his own movie studio, I believe, something like mm-hmm. that. So, and they own sports teams and all these different things that athletes do nowadays. There's so many ways for them to express themselves away from the game, right? And that could be just as big of a story as, as what they do during the game. It could be a bigger story than what they do during the game. We just looked at uh, Steph Curry a couple nights ago wearing like this long trench coat, <laughs> and that was trending on Twitter for a long time. Nobody talked about how many points he scored that night. They talked about how he looked, right? That's just and that was just one night. Dennis Rodman was doing this every night in 1996, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? In 1997, right? He was doing this all the time with the wild outfits and the dyeing his hair, all sorts of colors. 25 30 years ago now you know it's funny like i didn't pay attention much to the news back then but i would obviously see it and see like you know news stories or pictures or whatever and my first inclination you know this was when i was in fifth sixth grade was just like okay like no big deal it doesn't affect me so right i didn't didn't have an opinion either way my opinion was okay like it's if it's not harming anyone, like what, what's the big deal? Right. And it's funny I would how, just ignore it, you know. Simple kids can be, yeah. And, and even that, though, I think that's the main thing. Like nowadays, it's the parents that, you know, right. uh, what was the word? Uh, radicalize their kids. So, you know, it's right. not the kids. So because and parents, we we grow up, we become more nuanced mm-hmm. and uh, more you can think more critically, which is good, but also yeah. can be I. I don't know. The lack of thinking, critical thinking, can be bad. I guess some but things are just kid, simple. Some things are just as simple right, as you think. Really simple, you know, like oh, he ain't doing nothing to me, so I don't, I'm not going right? to judge him. Like let him but live. Every adult out there was like this. This dude's crazy, mm. and it didn't even like you can, they can never say it affected on court performance because Dennis Rodman was still one of the best players in the league, right, and the yeah. Bulls were again winning games and winning championships left and right. But Rodman 
in the 90s went well beyond like you know in the 70s and 80s when guys wore afros and mustaches and had you know facial hair that was like cutting edge for like the 70s and 80s right Rodman was doing and wearing was way ahead of his time what, what athletes were doing but at the same time it fit the 90s like a glove because the 90s were all about counterculture and who was a bigger example of going against the grain than good old Rodzilla, <laughs> which made him a perfect fit for the new world order. He represented a new type of athlete in professional sports, one that was not afraid of the spotlight. In fact, he welcomed it. Yeah. One that was not afraid of expressing, expressing himself and the backlash that could come along with that, which made him a perfect fit again for the NWO. He couldn't have been Team WCW. It wouldn't have fit Rodman. They're too tra- traditional, and Dennis Rodman is anything but traditional. He wouldn't have fit the Horsemen. They're all buttoned up, and or Piper. He's he he's just he's just his own guy. So nobody fits Piper, right? Yeah. <laughs> you That's know, why he's got a whole team on to himself. Right. <laughs> right. But the, the Horsemen, they do things their way. That ain't Rodman's way. He wouldn't have fit. He's not wearing the suits and all that. That the, that the horseman was supposedly supposed to wear. That was kind of their uniform, right? Yeah. He fit the NWO, the rebels, you know, going against the grain. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's already the kind of a villain in, 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 you know, pop culture anyway. You know, especially, you know, let's not forget that he was also black. Mm-hmm. Black man being unique and different? How dare he? <laughs> Just be happy to have a job. You don't get to speak and, after that, too. And he took he looked badass given the NWO's uh, signal too, hand sign. Oh yeah, then Robin was all about. Like, it. They all like everyone else tried to hard, up and Robin would just put it up, and I'd be like, "Damn, that looks cool." <laughs> He's just cool, man. He's just cool. Macho Man, not as cool. <laughs> not as not, not at all. Not as cool. I love Randy Savage, but just not not quite as cool as Dennis Robin. Um, but the main event that Dennis Rodman was going to be a part of had a lot of stipulations that you heard. One being that if the NWO lost, they would have to give up all of their titles, which I believe they only had the world title and the tag titles, right? Uh, I think six was the cruiserweight champion. Oh, he's well also the cruiserweight time. champion, right. So three titles, and they couldn't wrestle for 36 months or three years. <laughs> Where'd they come up with that? <laughs> right, three years, which meant that if they had, let's say they had lost, they would have been banned until March of 2000. <laughs> okay. So it made the NWF, I guess. <laughs> right. Obviously, their backs were against the wall, which meant they're not going to lose. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think they're going to, WCW is going to ban the hottest thing they've ever had for three years. So, yeah. It's like if you could kind of pick gave away the one, yeah. If you could pick one, it would either be NWO or Piper because WCW ain't winning this one. <laughs> no, no way in hell. But what was WCW's um, stipulation had to do with NWO losing everything, and then if the NWO won, they get to uh, challenge for any title any at any time. Uh, pretty any much place. in perpetuity, I guess. Like, yeah, <laughs> they could still they do it. I guess because they won because. They can still do it, I guess. Right. If WCW comes back as a brand, and they're allowed right. to get title shots. So, But the opening match at Uncensored in 1997 is for the 
WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. It is a no disqualification match between the champion, Eddie Guerrero, defending against Dean Malenko. Now, Nick, first thing I noticed was the ring mat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I know you have thoughts. I'm curious as to what they are. That's literally like my second note right here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I lied, though. I think I said before that it was the WCW logo in the middle of the map. I didn't realize it was actually the Uncensored logo in the middle of the map because uh, they used the blue and yellow uh, that they normally do, and they had the WCW logo in the the corners. So that was the first pay-per-view. They used that style. And then the next month uh, was the return of Spring Stampede where they had the gray mat and the actual pay-per-view logo like colorized in the in the middle. So that's probably what I was thinking. So Uncensored didn't have just the WCW logo. It was actually the Uncensored logo. So, And I, and I did mention that it, I lied. It, wasn't, it was the first one that they used like every month. Halloween Havoc 1996 had like the pay-per-view logo in the middle of the ring and i forgot about that so i've lied in this podcast <laughs> saying that uncensored was the first or spring step was the very first uh the first one that i remember is halloween havoc 96 uh maybe they had you know pay-per-view logo on the mat before that but uh yeah i uh i just like the whole aesthetic you know it looks a lot better wcw with their different ring uh the yellow turnbuckles and like I, I just thought everything looked just as good as WWF's production, if not better, because uh, you know, the red, white, and blue ropes in WWF got tired really quickly for me, and I was so excited when they changed it in '97 to like all red. <laughs> so that was great. But yeah, I was like a big fan of the WCW presentation in the ring uh, on this night. I thought the ring mat was a little busy. Yeah, I mean, just too did, much. They could have just, just had one you... WCW logo, but. Right, or you just do the uncensored logo and get rid of all the other WCW logos. Yeah. Just it just looked too busy. But luckily, uh, it was I'm the only pay per view they did that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm good with you know stuff on the ring mat. I'm 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 cool with that. I've been a fan of that. So it was great. It was great. Um, one thing I noticed real quick off top was there was a lot of room at ringside, more than mm-hmm. I've seen before. And I think later on we find out why. <laughs> Because I've never seen that much room at ringside, but I think it's really just because Rodman's coming and there's going to be a lot of photographers. Yeah. So, and they weren't there all night, like uh, WrestleMania 11, mm-hmm. when they had photographers surrounding the ring literally the whole event uh, before Lawrence right. Taylor came out to fight Bam Bam. Instead, uh, they, you know, on this night, they just waited till the main event, which was smart because you know, with all the, you know, the wrestlers that they have on the undercard flying around to the outside, you don't want a, a lot of photographers out there. <laughs> no. No, especially especially these days. No, that, that didn't happen in the main event. <laughs> you didn't; those guys weren't flying out. Even though a stipulation was, uh, you know, over the top rope, feet on the floor, you were eliminated. It was kind of like a battle royal in that respect. But right. uh, you know, that's different than you know, luchadors flying around, flying over the ropes and everything onto the outside. Yeah, which you don't know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> they could be flying anywhere. But um, so at, we we got like we mentioned. We got a lot of clips of Dusty, so I'm gonna go through the match. But at the end, we're gonna just just take Dusty, take it away because Dusty's commentary for every match is spectacular. Okay, it is. Uh, but put before it we lightly spectacular, yeah. But but also, Tony Schiavone is in his headset, his earpiece is hearing that there's some sort of commotion backstage. Uh oh. 
And then we get a video of Hall, Nash, and Six standing over Rick Steiner's unconscious body asking for help. Because, you know, they, they're just they're just concerned people. They're yeah, they were Samaritans walking backstage. Here. They saw them, you know, on the ground. Like, you know, that, that NWO, the good people they were, and they wanted help. Right. Or they had something to do with it. Oh. Maybe. Well, I mean, they ran him off the road, so that's probably likely. Yeah. That those are the people, it. like, if we're doing an investigation, those are the first people we're looking at. <laughs> like, <laughs> who, who would want to hurt Rick Steiner? The guys who ran him off the road, like, the week prior. <laughs> yeah. Which like, they showed the footage, us, by the way, during this pay-per-view of that. Yes, well. they did. And it was a very <laughs> serious-looking accident. So I think those are the guys you might want to look at. They have a history. They've beaten, beaten up a lot of people, actually. Maybe you look at them. <laughs> Prime <laughs> suspects. Um, but uh, this match was, for one, very good. Right? Yes. I mean, they're trash-talking each other. Uh, they're trying to use the U.S. title as a weapon. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, then we see, you know, the, the the medical personnel finally comes out to help Rick Steiner. They put him on a stretcher. He was unconscious. The NWO was acting all concerned. Scott Hall even takes Rick Steiner's hat and puts it on his chest. Like, you know, there you go, buddy. <laughs> Don't want to forget this. <clears throat> okay. Uh. But this match, again, it's fantastic. We got Eddie Guerrero. He's trying to do a dive on Dean Malenko on the outside of the ring. But he missed and hit his ribs in the guardrail, which meant that Malenko now starts working on Eddie Guerrero's upper body. That was where he, he tore had... his pec, by the way. Oh, really? I did yeah, not know that. That was the spot. So he this would be his last match for a few months. Oh, I was unaware yeah. of that. Uh, but he finished his match. It didn't look that did. yeah, bad. It look... <laughs> like, it's probably a partial tell. tear because, uh, you know, he came back in the summer. But, yeah, right. like he he was holding it for a little bit, and then, boom, that was it. He's like, let's finish this. <laughs> yeah, I, I could not tell. I mean – Malenko hit him with a frog splash, then pulled him up. You know, instead of pinning him, he pulled him up. You know, oh yeah, I got to do some more damage. <laughs> but this is what I noted: like the wrestling in this match is just incredible. Like it's on point; nothing is going wrong. <laughs> like that that reversal where um, Eddie tried to do like a, like a little springboard move or whatever, and Malenko yeah. just caught him and soup, German suplexed him yep. was seamless and fantastic. Just. Just incredible. Then Guerrero eventually locks on the Texas Cloverleaf. Of course, that's Malenko's finish. Um, but then Six comes out, and he's trying to steal the U.S. championship because, remember, Klepto. Six at this point was just a kleptomaniac, <laughs> especially for belts. But Guerrero stops him. He's like, not going to steal this belt this time, right? And then Six was holding like one of those big, gigantic, old-school 1990s video cameras. Actually, this was kind of a small one, actually. This is more of like a handheld. Yeah. There are a lot bigger ones back in the day. But this was still like... Compared to what we have now when on our phones, right? <laughs> this was still Huge. gigantic, <laughs> right? Uh, but he has one of those cameras in his hands. And he tries to hit Eddie Guerrero with it, but it flies out of his hands and into the ring, right next to Malenko, who sees ah. it, picks it up, whacks Eddie Guerrero in the head with it, gets the pin to win and become the new WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. I did not love the ending. But I guess it furthered the story. But other than that, the, the match was fantastic. Yeah, I think I noticed only one uh, maybe slip up where Eddie was going for a small package, but he kind of went early and uh, Malenko sewed it as like a low blow. And, mm, uh, yeah. you know, then he eventually rolled him up for, for a small package for Malenko to kick out. So that was like the only thing I noticed that was out of sorts, I guess you could say, uh, during this match. It was another. 
banger of a WCW opener that we've seen a lot during this era. And uh, you know, even you have the Rick Steiner story going on during this match, which thankfully did not overtake it. Uh, I know commentary talked about it a lot, but uh, it didn't really overtake the match for me. Even watching live, like I didn't really care about Rick Steiner at that point as, as a fan, like watching, I was more into like Eddie and Malenko and seeing that. So uh, they did a great job to make us not enough action to make, not make us like think about, you know, the NWO story as, you know, they did so often uh, back then, especially 98, 99, where you know, they would talk about the NWO, like all show, like over top of the matches and stuff, which I obviously got tired of. Yeah. But they avoided that here. So. Yeah, That's I something. agree. I agree. It, and plus, you know, as somebody unconscious backstage, that that does deserve some attention. <laughs> like, you know, like that. that they gave him like just enough, like, just the right. right amount. Right. It feels fair to you know, um, you know, talk about that a little bit. You know, get mm-hmm. some attention to it. But then we're backstage with Mean Gene Oakland, who's talking about the hotline. And we got a, uh, the info we had on the hotline. Play the dusty clips from this. Uh, oh yeah! Match. How can I forget? My God! <laughs> I've no, got. We got to play a few Dusty Rhodes commentary after every match. <laughs> Hit it, Nick! Take it away, Dusty. So this one is uh, obviously when uh, Eddie hits a move. Big move by Guerrero as he ducked and put him down with a side suplex. Well, he needs to get unwobbly and get up. <laughs> unwobbly. They both need to get unwobbled and get up. <laughs> well, that's true, Rain. Now he's a lollygagging him. Turn wagon on him. Turn wagon. Stomach and turn wagon seems to be what's going on in this opener right here. And what a one it is. <laughs> oh, man. Dusty talking about uh, stomping mud holes and people. Rival Steve Austin. It does. It does. And I love how he all turns it back. He puts over the match. Neck and neck. That he puts over the match as he ends his little uh, sentence there, which is just fantastic. Uh, Tongue wagon. This is also uh, the crowd was very much against Eddie, who was supposed to be a, the babyface in this match, and Malenko was supposed to be the heel. And uh, crowd flipped. Crowd crowd was cheering Malenko. Uh, they were booing Eddie, and this is what uh, Tony had to say about that. Look at the face of Eddie Dream, a little surly look about him, a little different look that we've seen from this young man. A what? A surly? Surly. S-U-R-L-E. Surly. (laughs) Wow. Dusty's the best. It's just that little thing I noticed. Like, I don't always pay attention to the commentary, but when we do, like, WCW events and Dusty's on commentary, I have to. I have to. to. So uh, I'm able to get some some of these. There's a... you know, a funny clip where uh, Tony Schiavone uses the word unmitigated, and I don't think Dusty thought that was a word. Can you imagine the arrogance, the unmitigated arrogance of this NWO crew to stand out there as if they're concerned about it, as if they just found him laying there? Oh, you see right here, too. Look at this. You're all right, babe. Can you imagine, like you said, unmitigated? Is that the word? That's the word. What is going on in the camp right now of Luga? What is going on in their mind? Like, where did that fit in, Dusty? Like, <laughs> that didn't fit in at all. But uh, he just—I think also, he just wanted to repeat the word. So, but also you can hear Scott Hall in the background, like, "Oh, <laughs> so here's your hat, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> Which is As perfect timing stress. for this clip. Here's your hat. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, this is fantastic. I get one more 
for the road and Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Uh, Tony, Dusty, and Bobby just sounds like they're having fun. So Malenko now decides to work on the upper part of the body, unlike Eddie who worked on the legs. And I think Malenko is doing this because Eddie hit the safety rail real hard with the upper body that time. Well, that's good. That's a good call. You're very observant. <laughs> and that's what happened. They were, they were the very observant. That's what happened. Malenko trying to cripple him. And then Eddie hit the safety rail up in the upper part of his body, and now they're trying to grip him on the upper part of his body. That's a good call. That's a way to be very delusional. Well, I've been what? doing this for a number of years. I know you have a very good call. And eventually you'll get good. Yow. <laughs> uh, Yow. <laughs> he didn't just have to get that in there. And then Dusty's oh, reaction, man. like, yow. I love it, bro. So good. That's so funny. Again, there's nothing but talking, right? There's no dead air. There's no, like, letting you watch what's happening and let you, you know, the, the visual tell the story. It's all them talking, which with most three-men booths or three-person booths can get annoying to me. But they're funny as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> Every one of them, even Tony Schiavone, like, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and he didn't want the quip. Like, well, eventually I'll get good at it. Like. Right. No need for it, but he just has to get it in. It, it really it's, like brings it all together, you know. Like a, it's so funny. It is. It's really good, and it, it just it, maybe I just love Dusty. Dusty is so hilarious. <laughs> like he can <laughs> he can talk throughout the whole match, and I would not care. Yeah, because it's Dusty Rhodes. He's the best. Um, we're backstage though. Like like I said earlier, <laughs> with Gene Oakland talking about the hotline again. Um, and he's talking about somebody leaving WCW. Now, I don't know who he's, he's talking about. Do you have um, an idea who that could so have been? I actually meant to uh, research this, but I forgot. I do think it's Disco Inferno because he was fired because he didn't want to uh, mm. put over Jackie or Jacqueline. And he eventually he did return a few months later and did put her over. But uh, this was, you know, in 97. So I'm thinking the time frames possibly match up. So that would be my guess of who he was talking okay. about. Yeah, I wasn't sure. So I thought at first I was I like, mean, "Oh, he's talking about Jeff Jarrett," but no, Jeff Jarrett's on this damn no. interview. He's, he's in the company the throughout the summer, so I was like, "Oh yeah, my right. timelines don't match up for that." So I think it's Disco. Yeah, he is there. So <laughs> you like Jeff Jarrett? No, he's in the main event actually. So, <laughs> um, but then Mean Gene interviews Roddy Piper, who is just rambling on about everybody. And yeah. do you have this clip? I do. I do. Okay. Uh, and I have so many. <laughs> Here we go. I, I, I catch uh, Gene Hawk in the hotline as well. Well, Tony, as you know, this is uncensored, and certainly we've seen that in the opening match here tonight. I love Gene Hawk in the hotline. I always get those. Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> Some very interesting guests I'm going to talk to in a moment, but in the meantime, attention hotline fans. Attention Who hotline. is the WCW superstar who is gone? He's out of here. He's history. He's out of here. He's hit the road. And why is this man Damn. gone? We're going to talk about someone losing his job. Yeah. Hotline report as we also run down on censor tonight on the WCW hotline at 1 900 909 9900. Give us 1 900 909 9900. 9900. A buck 59 a minute. Kids, get your parents' permission, but make that call right now. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the big main event that they're talking about, not only here in Charleston, but throughout the wrestling world tonight, it's going to be the NWO team. Comprised of Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Hall and Nash, Six, 
I'm certain others are going to be involved in that for the NWO against the WCW. Six wasn't involved. Big question mark there. Not at all. It's going to be the giant Lex Luger and the Steiner. He just don't care. <laughs> Rick Steiner has just been taken by ambulance to the hospital. And Roddy, Roddy Piper, come on in. You have aligned yourself with three of the four. Yes, a lot of people. Every day of my life has been uncensored. What's new about this day? I got to fight all these guys to get Hogan in a cage? What is this? Are you gripping me, man? A metal cage where you get your face grinded up and down? Just a second. Stand here and talk to me. I don't need to go through this to get you in a cage. But why am I doing this? You know why? I live metal. I eat metal. I got metal in my hip. And I ain't talking about the Queen Mary. Speaking of Rodman, I come out of here in my dressing room. Wow. There's Rodman. He knocking on the door. He wants to try on the kilt. What's the problem? He wants me in it. I don't believe none of this garbage. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's you? Would you want to say something? Oh, one moment, please. Thank I, you. I don't think I could. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. He's just horseman. I got Flair says, I'll be there. No flair! Anderson, I'll be there! He gone! We got one of the Steiners supposed to be there! He gone! Well, I got horsemen. I the don't Steiners were not on your team, are. Roddy. Uh, do <laughs> or do they ride it actually stars, helps you. Huh? I got guys down there that are a little on the coo. And if I'm saying it, folks, I got a legitimate beef here. I got, I got Hogan. I got Hogan, your clone Maybe, Hogan. Did he come from Alcatraz? He probably came from Alcatraz you know again. I don't know what the hell. He's just, just going up, and going you and going and going. Hogan. That's what you get. Otherwise, you keep him apart. I got Dennis the Menace down there. I'd have to contend That's... with these guys. I <laughs> Talk got about Horseman. Rodman again. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Horseman, what does this mean to me, huh? Well, Horseman are like, dude, we need to help you out this Maybe promo. Maybe he was late on their queue or something. He just had to fill time. Okay, so wait a second. Let me get this straight. This is the wino. You're the wino, right? Who's what? You're going out with him, right? Or that's your wife, right? Or you're the oh one my that God. told me I can't trust these guys, aren't you? Admit it, admit it. Uncensored! <laughs> I said there is some what? dissension from time to time. What are you, Johnny Cochran? Oh, you ripping... Uh. Don't come out here and instigate, Gene. We're a unit tonight. The <laughs> now Gene's fault. We're backing up Rowdy Rowdy. <laughs> what the hell? You talk about Mark Men? Yes. These guys, Myron Mark men, it's Dennis Rodman, it's Hogan, it's Hall, it's Nash. Those are the boys that are Mark men. And Piper, I'm going to make a promise. Us three are working as a unit tonight with the real hot rod. Yeah, that means you're working and you're watching my back, right? Not jumping on it. Get it, Rodman? That means, wait a second. Have we compared our differences? Have we, are we all set and square? Are we it. happy, Mongo? Yes. friend, Luger, I remember you at War Games. Crawling off like some car hit dog. You didn't help the horseman that day, brother. And Holly Nash, I can't wait to get my hands on you. I remember down in Bradenton, hit me in the head with a spray paint can. I like it, it makes my teeth tingle. You posted me. You wrote NWO on my back. So what? Now you got Dennis Rodman. The worm from Chicago, a basketball player. Watch up, Chicago. I'm going to show you who the icon in Chicago is tonight. Oh, my God. I'm not sure where you're coming from. Veins of ice. I need somebody warmed up. This is still going. I need somebody going to be out there fighting. I need somebody to go out there biting. I need somebody to go out there with a little bit of razzmatazz. There's only one reason you became the icon. That's by making the right decisions. That's exactly 
Why are you standing here? This makes no sense, Chris Benoit. I thought you'd tell me I can't trust these guys. Well, I, I didn't mean to say it exactly like but that, but I, there has I, been some dissension. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I like them. No, Gene's walking the back. Trust them. <laughs> if they're going to be all over the place, if they're rebels, then I like them. How do you do that thing that you guys right do with here, the right here. Okay. Here. Put that one <laughs> He does the four horsemen sign, but he puts up the middle finger. You know <laughs> and uh, Jeff Jarrett tries to censor it. So. We changed the questions. <laughs> Have a nice day, Denny. Roddy Piper was on. I don't know what. Much. And uh, the queen of WCW, Miss Deborah McMichael, I was going to talk to you, but apparently we are toting back to you out there. Well, Gene, we listen to this little thing by Tony. We just need to look at her sometimes. Wow. Oh, Sexist yeah. much? <laughs> it's 1997. A lot of bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Very long, so apologize for the for the longness, but it was ridiculous. I don't know what the hell was accomplished no, besides I, like Horseman saying, "Hey, we got your back," which they did have his back. They <laughs> nothing happened, but man, that was a lot. Yeah. But the, uh, one interesting thing was Mongo talking about Rodman uh, and called him, you know, the Worm of Chicago. And people are probably like, "Why did he call him that?" Well, that was that was Dennis Rodman's nickname yeah. before Rodzilla. Yep. It was he was Worm. The worm. <laughs> I don't know where he got the name from, but that was he was the worm, especially when he was in Detroit, part of the Bad Boys. Mm. He's worm, but uh, also Mongo talking about Rodman. They're both Chicago athletes. Yeah, <laughs> I think Mongo Mongo clearly wasn't playing at this time, but no, I don't think they played in Chicago together. But Mongo was a Chicago Bear for a long time, um, and won a Super Bowl with the Bears, and is one of the. He's a really good defensive lineman for a long time. Uh, both weren't the neither guy were like the biggest stars in their teams. Obviously, Michael Jordan and, and Scottie Pippen took care of that as far as star power. And on the Bears, Walter Payton and and Mike Singletary and Jim McMahon were the big stars in that team. But they were still major contributors again to championship teams. The Bears in '85 and at least at this point, the, the Bulls of '96 '97. Uh, for Dennis Rodman, but you know, two more is coming for for Dennis and, and the Bulls. <clears throat> Again, excuse me, starting this season. Again, sixty nine and thirteen, probably the second best record in <laughs> or third best record in, in NBA history, uh, followed up by the best record in NBA history. So for the most wins, I should say. Uh, but moving on, it is now time for Psychosis to go up against Ultimo Dragon, who's of course accompanied by. Sonny Ono, Mike to take his draws. I guarantee he jumped when that fireway went off. <laughs> Check his draws. <laughs> and they talk about, uh, you know, Ultimate Dragon and Sonny Ono when they're, you know, Ultimate Dragon stands there and the pile just shoots off real loud and, yeah, scares the hell out of people. So <laughs> They were still calling him Ultimate at this point. Too. Ultimate Dragon. Yes, I said Ultimate, but yes, the, the graphic, the Chiron was Ultimate Dragon. Um, and like I said, Mike Tanay joins the broadcast team for the match because he's, he's a professor and he's there for the cruiserweight mm -hmm. matches and the Japanese uh, talent as well. Uh, <laughs> like I said earlier, Ultimate Dragon is with Sonny Ono, but Dusty called him Sonny Bono. He did. <laughs> uh, different person. A whole Sonny different Bono. person. Uh, and this is proof of, this is, this is why, this is a prime example of why Mike Tanay is there. <laughs> <laughs> right, because yeah. we got Dusty calling the guy Sonny Bono <laughs> instead of Sonny Ono, uh, but Sonny Bono was a person, uh, 
I say was because he unfortunately passed away, but he was a singer and a politician who died on January 5th, 1998 after succumbing to injuries following a skiing accident. Hmm. Uh, but Bono was a, again, first a singer, uh, he was once married to Cher uh, from 1964 to 1975. And like I said, they sang together. Uh, and I think their most famous song has to be I Got I've You, got Babe. You, babe. Right. <laughs> I got you, babe. You know, I'm, neither one of us were alive when that song was written and produced, but we know that song. Yeah. Right. We're also kind of old, but still, that's, that predates <laughs> us. <laughs> right. That predates us. That's, yeah. That stuff was out when that song was out when my mom was a kid. All right. Uh, Cher was the second of Sonny Bono's, of, second of four wives. Huh. Uh, so. Yes, first is the worst, second is the best. How about that? She's definitely the most famous, I would assume. <laughs> uh, I know she is, as, as, you know, because she shares. She's pretty damn famous. Um, but Sonny Bono, uh, once he got out of the music business, became a politician. He was a United States congressman out of California as a member of the Republican Party. Mm. So, not all say all that to say that was not Sonny Ono. <laughs> who is with the ultimate dragon on this night. Two yeah. different people. But yeah. Sonny Bono was a person. Not to be confused with Steve Bono, who played the NFL at quarterback for a long time. Also a different person. Hmm. So, or Steve Austin. <laughs> right. Also a different person. <laughs> Same like with Miles Austin. Not related to Steve Austin. And also not related to Cassius Ono. Right. Just Or he's not related to Cassius Clay. Correct. Or Henry Clay. <laughs> that was stupid. But it's also kind of fun. I had another I had a clay name ready too. I'm gonna go Clyde Michael Harbor. Clay. I'm gonna go Michael Clay. He's a special teams coordinator with the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. Like, what, what, what has he got next? Everybody else would be like, who? <laughs> right. I would have explained it. I would have explained it. But I was ready. I had one in, on the hip. Ready to, ready to fire. <laughs> um, but I know that these first two matches, Psychosis versus Ultimate Dragon, Eddie Guerrero versus Dimalenko, was better than anything the WWF was presenting in their first two, two matches <laughs> by far. And these matches, this match in particular, wasn't these guys' best match. Like, they had some hiccups here and there. Mm -hmm. But it was still far more exciting than what you would see out of the first two matches on a WWF show at this time period. Yeah. Right? When you probably had the Godwins and no. <laughs> like, Even uh, Flash Funk and Leaf Cassidy, you know, yeah. not, not quite up to par with uh, right. this you know, on WCW shows. Mm -mm. Not 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 even a little bit. Not even close. And those guys are super talented, but it's just yeah, Eddie Guerrero and Dima style too. Man. I mean, they just it's not WWF wants a certain style in their ring and WCW was kind of like, go do what you do and try not to get hurt, but go do what right. you do, you know? Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Too cool Scorpio is cold. Like, he's he's mm. too cold, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> he was dope. But we got Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko doing, like you said, doing what they do best and not being held back by WWF saying, don't do not do all the cool stuff that we signed you for. Um, <clears throat> Do it, this it, instead in the shiny suit. There were probably less limits in WWF than there then than there are now, but still, I mean, they didn't want you to go out and do all these moves and get hurt. So they were probably like, "Hey, especially, just limit what you do." And a lot of wrestlers didn't like that, especially in the opening match. 
Right. <laughs> they, they definitely wanted to save a lot of that stuff for the main exactly, event. Exactly, yep. So, but, uh, Again, these two matches far better than what you see in WWF. Uh, Ultimate Dragon used a Tornado DDT from the top rope and a Tiger Suplex to get the win mm. over Psychosis. But even though, again, these, this match wasn't their best. Um, like I said, there, there were a couple times it's like, okay, they're kind of out of sorts a little bit. But, again, still entertaining nonetheless, especially that Tornado DDT from the top rope. It was like, whoa, that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So... And then we got Bobby Heenan butchering all of the names of the moves and the, and the countries at their origin during, yeah. the, during the replays. And But, of course, like we said, after the last match, Dusty Rhodes on commentary is mwah, fantastic. If you didn't know what a particle board is, you will now. Going to get another head of steam from the far side. Rocks on He's on target, and both men land beyond the mats on the concrete. That carpet laying over concrete, actually laying over particle board on top of ice here at the North Charleston Coliseum. Well, you asked for high-risk moves, and you just got, I got it. I got one there because they went all the way to the particle board. <laughs> Would you laying underneath the carpet? Would you laying on top of the concrete? Which underneath all that is dirt. <laughs> Why did you say that like Bobby that? Bobby always has to get that quip in, which is, I think, funnier to me sometimes than Dusty's actual, uh, you know, whatever he's saying. You know, just Heenan's one-liners. Just, like, and under all that is dirt. Like, it <laughs> doesn't fit, but, but I think that's what makes it so great. But uh, he took him all the way out to the particle board. Like, what is wrong with Dusty? I would have to clip that separately and just go, particle board! Particle board! <laughs> I... Dusty, man, he was he's having a good time this night, man. Mm-hmm. He's having fun. Um, but then we if he has on. fun, we have fun. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good time when Dusty's having a good time. Uh, but then we move on to Gene Oakland, who's on the stage and he's plugging the hotline yet again. Okay, and then he introduces Diamond Dallas Page for an interview. And uh, before we conduct some business, I do want to remind you, folks. Speaking of uncensored, I've got some uncensored material. On the WCW Uncensored material. All night tonight Cursing on there, Gene. Like, like what, Gene? Right, what you talking about? WCW superstar who is out the door. He is history. He's gone. I'll tell you who it is. Damn. And He's a whole history. lot more tonight they on the hotline. Us this, Give us a call. one 909 to talk about. Right oh. now. Ladies and gentlemen, here in Charleston, give it up for Diamond Dallas Page. I hate this music. Ugh. You know... First thing I'm thinking of here is this if is obviously Chris dubbed Snyder over cannot compete, what about DDP? Peacock and WWE Network. Step in, over. take DDP's the post. He's the hottest commodity right now in WCW. I guarantee you that. He's got one of the most devastating finishing maneuver I've ever seen in this sport, the diamond cutter. You, you can put you it come on your Still playing that over all year, really. Here tonight in light of what has happened. However, Diamond Dallas Page, I must point out for the record... There's a gentleman by the name of the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He will not acknowledge you. He will not give you the time of day. He will not give the devil his due. And I would assume at this juncture, it's starting to grate on your nerves. Acknowledge me. (laughs) These people out here, they know my name. They certainly do. There was some hint from our broadcast colleagues that maybe you might be subbing tonight for an injured Rick Steiner in that big triangle affair. Nope. Hey, Macho, you hear that? Get right past that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't subbing for nobody. He didn't acknowledge Gene on that one. 
one reason and one reason only. Not to, to fight for WWE. To the fact <laughs> that since getting knocked on my coconut by Savage and him jumping into my zone, that ever since I've asked him to accept the challenge from DDP, he has refused to even acknowledge me. Acknowledge so I'm here tonight me. to tell you, Savage, <laughs> I've said it once. I'll say it again. Back the camera up. Macho, if you're that much of a savage, snap into this. Bam! Got him. Got him. Oh, he's brother, somewhere. Brother, 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 brother. Wait a minute. Where's he at? He's right up here. Oh. Standing at the announce table. I don't like this. This is too close for me. I like this. <laughs> too good. close for me. He's like, I like it. Just want to say something to you. I want to apologize to everybody in this building. To all the zillions of people all around the world. Zillions. I miss just you. <laughs> That's an exact figure right there. Buddy, you're cool. I he knows who he is now. <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T, man. You're the man. Listen Shout to out this. to Aretha Franklin. Elizabeth <laughs> and the Macho Queen Man soul. walking through the airport today. I had no clue what this was, by the way. Go buy the <laughs> <magazine> <laughs> section. I was like, what, 12? And I see what? Playboy's nude celebrities. Check this out. 11 years On old. On the cover is an old girlfriend of mine, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> we did Baywatch together. You remember that, don't you? Old girlfriend, that yeah. Tommy Lee's cool with that. <laughs> in your dreams, Cindy Vince Savage. Crawford's in here. Jenny McCarthy. Don't even go there, macho. No, wait a minute. Don't <laughs> wait a minute. knows where he's going. You know, one split <laughs> second in time, brother. I'm saying you're the man. Of all these young ladies and babes that I have known. I guess the young ladies and babes are different. I know who you are now. <laughs> Your wife is the centerfold, brother. That's Kimberly in here. <laughs> I was like, oh, word? <laughs> oh, oh. Was like, hey, Bob, take me, to, so take me to Walden Books. That's, That's what you are. That's what DDP means. That's what Diamond Dallas Page means. Brother, I'm proud of you, brother. That's sweet. That centerfold has oh been defaced. Hey, listen, man, you're the man. Yeah, they spray painted an NWO the on man. the centerfold. Oh. He is going to go out of his skull. your friend. He's calling it down, Savage. I like you. He's calling I want to be like you. Kimberly coming out, spray painted. I want to be like you. Oh. Right, she walks out just at the exact right time. Watch out. Kimberly, look at warned him. Look at her. Look out. <laughs> Are you responsible for this? Watch out. Watch your back. Baby, Baby turn Savage. around. Something. <laughs> you just Pearl Harbor this man. <laughs> oh, man. Elizabeth, you've done enough damage. Look at all Mike. <laughs> to add insult to injury. Spray painting NWO on the back of Diamond Dallas Page. I'm glad Gene has given us the play by play. Are you all right? Without the video in front of us. You are the man. <laughs> no, I'm gonna pile drive you back. Get out of here, please. Get out of here, please. And Liz gets involved. No, not again. 
get off this. Elizabeth, stop him! Stop him! Yeah, she does. Because she wants to do it herself. Now, this has become one of the most despicable, disgraceful, unbelievable things I have ever. I remember watching this live and being like upset that I didn't have that magazine. Well, you were 13 or something like that, right? Yeah, 11. <laughs> 11. Well, that is not love, in my opinion. Randy Savage. Randy yeah, Savage. Saying, the NWO you loves you. He's <laughs> the man. I like him. NWO for life. Yeah, I like it like that. <laughs> Savage has lost his mind. Kimberly He's likes me a mind. lot, can you tell? Yeah, sure she does. Right now she's got one thing on her mind, and that is the well-being of Diamond Dallas I remember Page. seeing Kimberly in TDP's corner before, but it's, it would have been years. I am sick to my stomach. Um, maybe a year it's or two since. So now they're like reunited. She came out, she was crying. You could tell that she had been attacked earlier, spray painted the front of her dress. And then, uh, of course, Diamond Dallas knocked out by the can in the back of the head. And, and there you see the result. Man. Mm. That was the beginning of a fantastic rivalry between those two that year. Yes, it was. And it put, it made DDP into a main eventer. So, again, yeah. this is just the beginning mm -hmm. of TDP and Randy Savage uh, throughout the rest of the year, damn near, uh, at least in like through the spring and the summer. So, uh, yes. And I remember the whole, I tried to remember how the whole thing started. So, we did Super Brawl 7. We, the next night, Randy Savage, who had joined the NWO at Super Brawl, attacked TDP from behind. So, that's when it all started. So, this has been about a month, you know, brewing. Uh, and I guess after attacking DDP, DDP wanted Savage, and he was ducking him. So that's how this whole promo came to be. And it really set up, like I said, a great rivalry. Yeah. Yes, it did. But moving on, it is now time for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> it's Sub-Zero <laughs> versus Scorpion. I mean, no, it's WCW, and it's Glacier versus Mortis. Finish him. And of course, Mortis is played by Chris Canyon. Because who better than Canyon to play this role? Nobody. Nobody. But, man, this is rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, uh, it's like they're Mortis's in-ring debut, too. So they built this feud up you know, from the ground yeah, up. Yeah, Mortis's uh, in-ring debut, the one thing I cared about the most was how Glacier kicked the hell out of him <laughs> to set up big moves. Which, look, and in reality, and also with all seriousness, the way that Glacier was set up big moves was to kick Mortis into the ropes. Mortis would bounce off, and he would like power slam him. He but he would like front kick him. I also actually thought that was pretty dope. But that's pretty much the most entertaining part of the match. <laughs> like, I, was, I mean, the match itself, you know, there's some good action. You know, Canyon and Glacier, they, they're both really athletic. They're both talented at what they do. It's just that nobody cared, and it's just like you got all this. Mm. NWO stuff, you got Dennis Rodman, you got Roddy Piper and Lex Luger, and then we got Sub-Zero and Scorpion. And not really even Scorpion, it's just just a guy. <laughs> like, but Glacier's definitely supposed to be Sub-Zero. It's like, this doesn't fit. Not in this uh, 97 like, WCLB, not at all. No, it, if it was like a Lucha Underground type of promotion back then that that like brought magic and 
and sorcery into the stories, <laughs> they would have fit right in and they would have been dope. But here, it's just it's like, what? Huh? We've seen uh, wrestlers or heard wrestlers talk about how Canyon was so innovative with offense in the ring. Yeah. And we saw some of that during this match. There were some moves where I was like, whoa, like that was kind of cool. He he did like a F5 type maneuver off the steel steps. You know, he was holding a glacier on his shoulders and kind of just threw him. So his head hit the apron uh, in like F5 style as he was standing on the steel steps. That was pretty cool. We hadn't seen that even from, you know, the luchadors or, or whatever. Uh, he did yeah. he did the hangman page lariat. You know, he flipped from the apron into the ring clothesline. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. He did the famouser. Uh, which, you know, it was before we really saw Billy Gunn do it. So there was a lot of different moves here that Mortis did that I was like, oh, like, you know, that's something I didn't see in WCW at that time. And I noted it where, you know, you could tell, yeah, he was like an innovator in the ring for sure. And I, yeah. if he was still here, man, he would be like probably the best trainer a young talent could have. Yeah. But rest in peace to Chris Kane. Yeah. Um, like you and said, rest in peace to Mickey J as well, who uh, yeah, rest who ref this match and he uh, just passed. So yeah, recently, man. Um, so yeah, rest in peace to both of them. But yeah, Chris Canyon, man, uh, real tragic story with him. But he leaves a legacy of being an innovator in pro wrestling to this day that people are looking at and taking pages out of his playbook. Mm-hmm. So that's you know the silver lining is that at least that you know his legacy. Uh, is one of innovation and one of creativity and one that's lasting. It's everlasting in, in, in pro wrestling. Um, but, he, you know, him as Mortis on this night did not win, like I said, but he attacked Glacier after the match. Oh, got his heat he back. attacked him. <laughs> and then James Vandenberg calls for backup, and that backup was Wrath. He was like another one of these types of characters who was played by Brian Clark or Adam Bomb from WWF. And then they beat up Glacier. And that's it. We have a new alliance in the Nether Realm. <laughs> it's Mortis and Wrath. But then we move on. We get a recap or a replay of the Steiners and their car accident because the New World Order ran them off the road and somehow did not get charged with vehicular assault or something. Like. <laughs> Because that's the illegal. Steiners wanted to take care of it in the ring. Oh yeah, so not <laughs> that supersedes law. So yeah, we <laughs> talked about that when it came to like uh, Undertaker and Kane. It's like <laughs> yeah. they, Kane is accusing the Undertaker of murder, and the only way to to to, to punish to properly punish the Undertaker isn't by spending the rest of his life in prison. No, he's got to lose to Kane at WrestleMania. <laughs> this is wrestling law. <laughs> yeah. Even though in reality there's no statute of limitations on murder, and you just throwing around accusations of murder on somebody, maybe the police should look into this. Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe re- let's reopen an investigation. Let's get some statements from Kane. You know, especially with someone like Kane, right? You think they? I mean, he could be talk, on his though. side. That's the problem. This is all from Paul Bear, so Paul Bear has to do- get the statement. His, you know, to to give the statement right. to the police to potentially prosecute a murderer. Nope. Your punishment is Kane. <laughs> That's far worse than jail. He's gonna send you to hell. Yeah, I heard uh, Kane was fighting the mask uh, before his debut. Oh yeah, he didn't want to wear it. 
But he wore it. He, he made a lot of money with it. The best inclination of his character, by the way, was with the mask. Yes. So. yes, I agree. Unmasked Kane was okay, but Mask Kane is, is, is yeah. the one, especially yeah. that original incarnation. Uh, but moving on, it's not time for a strap match. Well, actually, do we have any Dusty Rhodes commentary from Glacier versus Mortis? Uh, no, but I have this funny Bobby Heenan quip from uh, when Mortis was entering. Is he alive? <laughs> well, he's walking, isn't he? Well, yeah. look at him. Does he look alive to you? Oh, I don't know. Have you seen a zombie lately? That's an eerie feeling out here right now. Bring him out! An eerie feeling. This guy's huge, too. You know what I mean? He's alive. And that's your question. He's walking. Yes, he's alive. He is alive, okay? <laughs> Tony had enough of Bobby's <laughs> crap. He's like, listen, yeah, listen, you see him walking to the ring. He's alive. <laughs> you seen any zombies lately? I don't know. <laughs> hey, when it came to these two, that's a good question. You just don't know. You don't. You don't know what the hell is going on. But now it is time for the strap match. For the uh, American stretching. males to explode. I'm because I got quite a few for this one. <laughs> oh. It's time for the American males to explode, though. Which sounds... <laughs> That does not sound good. I, I wrote that, and I was like, hey, this is making fun of uh, the power. <laughs> yeah, the mega powers. The mega powers, but, uh... right? That's what I've been referencing to. Wrestling stuff. You know, like a prude. But nope. I just then I read it, and I said it out loud. It, made, it took my brain elsewhere, and I was like, oh. If you wheel. Damn. <laughs> damn. I did, that, that, that phrasing was not... Let's just throw myself a pause. <laughs> throw that on myself. Um, but Scotty Riggs. <laughs> Scotty Riggs against Buff Bagwell, formerly known as the American Males, who were former WCW World Tag Team Champions, were now the heated rivals in this match. Uh, Bagwell said during his entrance that he didn't even care about winning. He just wanted to beat up Scotty Riggs. But then he won. So yeah, whatever. So. Um, Riggs came out to the American Males theme song, which was wild to hear, um, because it was just so bad. Um, but this match, for the most part, was just a big old bowl of fine. It it overstayed its welcome by a lot for me. <laughs> it went way too long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really wasn't poorly executed. Uh, it just wasn't exciting. Now, this like is the match Bagwell. where the commentary out outshined. Oh, the, uh, for sure. Action. <laughs> and the finish comes when Bagwell throws. Uh, Riggs outside of the ring kind of chokes him out then he hits all four corners the last one with his butt <laughs> to win the match but again but the commentary Bagwell. like you said yeah butt Bagwell not buff Bagwell but the commentary definitely was the shining star during this one see if you was hauling semen around at the end of a strap it would be easier see this man you gotta get him out so it's not moving you know what I mean if he's moving it's harder to pull then a sack of semen. You got to all four corners, right? You follow me on that? Yeah, I, I guess I do. Show cold now and now. Well, yeah, you do. The semen is a dead sack. It's easy to pull around. Sack of semen's not fighting it. Yeah, thank you, Brain. Thank you, Brain. I'm not going to argue with you two guys. Let's get to the match, okay? Well, we were, we were commentating and filibusting yeah. on Boy, it. were you ever. You got to have <laughs> a on the match. You just can't sit out here and uh, be thinking about that Playboy magazine that ran across <laughs> a while ago. That's another picture of the pages that had out marked up. Uh, he's used to that one book. Uh, <laughs> that magazine. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of Playboy. Oh, oh. 
Got to put a little jumpy step on it. Boy, you're not kidding. And a great drop kick by Scotty Riggs. Great elevation that time and a perfectly executed drop kick. And now ties up the legs and the arms. Now, here you go. This is the purpose. There's yeah. one. And watch your referee. He will count. And he will make the call now as Bagwell tries to stop the momentum. There's two. You know why he ain't got a good pull on him? Because his legs loose. See that what I'm right, talking about? Right. A sack of semen won't be kicking his legs is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, a sack of semen has no legs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so he me, would you two guys just put a sack in it for right just now? Try right hand to the top of the head. Tell the layman out there, my people, what is happening here in this match? <laughs> my people to the layman. <laughs> I will say, he's saying cement. There's a T on the end of that uh, word. That doesn't always come across. Uh, So I just want everyone to to know it's cement. You know, stuff like, you know, they make the sidewalk with, not (laughs) not other stuff. Not babies. Um, Right. (laughs) Have another one. Uh, Riggs puts his legs back on the ropes, and Dusty's got to talk about cement again. But see the legs again. On the sack of cement, <laughs> it's the same thing. You got he's got to wrap him up. If he could wrap both his legs up and both them arms and get him like in a a, a final position, fetal, excuse me, a final position, and drag it <laughs> hanging around there, he could get this thing done. Now he's back on his feet. Don't look at me like that. Oh. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I had to wait a for that one. Position. I was about to clip it and end it there, but then I, I heard him say that, and I was like, oh, I got to include that one. Dusty, that man. is so funny. And there's there's two more that are really now universal Dusty-isms that I could use for really anything. So this was uh, when he was, uh, I think Buff was smacking uh, Scotty Riggs with the strap. This is brutal. This is brutal. So I enjoyed that. This you know, that's something that I can. Brutal. That's something I could use for you know every uh, event, and then this one cracks me up. Pinning him ain't gonna get it done. Nope. <laughs> ain't gonna get it done. And both Tony like, and Bobby go, nope. <laughs> this is brutal. Because for some reason, brutal. Buff went for a pin uh, like an idiot, but uh, so that was when Dusty mentioned right. that. So, right. so much good stuff. That's there. so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, moving on from that, though, we get a promo with the NWO, Hogan, Hall, Nash, and Savage, where they guarantee victory in the main event. Yeah, I'm not playing that. It's too much. It's too long. <laughs> it's too long. So this it's Savage has the magazine, and they're looking at it, and uh, it's just weird. No, notice no six, so I don't know where uh, you know, six was not involved, Gene. So, uh, you know, it was just those four, so. And Robin, who was not on screen, but there it is. There it is. And Savage is like, I'm going to take this with me to the Playboy magazine. <laughs> it's like, bro, you don't need that out there. <laughs> Put a lot, a lock a lot room going or something. On. There's a lot going on. He's just carrying it around with him. Uh, but we move on from that to probably the funniest match on the show. Yes. <laughs> it is the tornado tag team match between Harlem Heat and the Public Enemy. And this match, all four guys, man, they worked really hard, you know, and they 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 were spent by the end of this match. Um, but man, the commentary just stole the show here because they're using a lot of weapons, and Dusty Rhodes just can't contain himself from 
bursting at the seams with laughter because of all the stuff they're doing. For one, <laughs> that's just a snippet. So I'm just going to say real quick, Public Enemy brings weapons to the ring, but Harlem Heat immediately uses the weapons, <laughs> which meant that Dusty Rhodes and Bobby Heenan clowned them for it. They did. Immediately. But that's how the match starts. Okay? I'm not going to really talk about the action in this match because there's just so much stuff that's happening anyway. I just want to hear Dusty Rhodes reacting to weapons and, and, and action from this match because the, the homeboy was wheezing with laughter at multiple <laughs> points during this match. He's having an absolute blast. <laughs> the time of his life watching this match. So please. I got one uh, where the toilet seat comes into play. Look at that. He's got a commode lid. No. He's, no, the other guy got a commode lid oh, from the toilet. That's a toilet lid. It's a picture frame. That's a toilet lid. Was that in the trash can? There's oh. one bathroom here missing a toilet seat. Because it's out here. <laughs> That's so funny. One, he calls it a commode. Yeah. Like, what are we in the 12th century, bro? <laughs> The commode lid. <laughs> and then there's one bathroom missing the toilet seat. Because <laughs> yeah. it's out here. <laughs> like, they actually just yanked it off a toilet in the arena somewhere. Right. Uh, it's not from it's the hotel room, room, I guess. But, uh, right. Or you can just go to the hardware store. Or that. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> what a commode... A I don't know what the commode... Man, I was like, what? That's clearly a toilet seat. Now I know what, what a commode is as I grow up, but... Right. Jeez. He eventually got there, though. He yeah. didn't say that first, yeah. but he eventually said it. He the did. Toilet! <laughs> um, uh, Johnny Grunge uh, introducing a trash can into the ring. Uh, I have the moment where he gets hit. By the way, when he hits, I think it's Booker T. With oh, this, my God. Oh, the sound is so loud, and then Dusty's reaction uh, is even better. Grunge now has a trash can. A trash can. Yeah. Call it. Call it like you feel. <laughs> oh boy, he laid it. Look at him. Oh boy, he laid his old tired ass out. Look at him. <laughs> Look over here. I, oh, They're legit God. laughing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, what? Is, uh, hit somebody with something. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't harm. He's got a neck collar on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. This is the best. This is WCW. This oh, uncensored. Yeah. Look at him. He draws it. He draws it. Bro. Dusty is literally like wheezing. <laughs> like he can't breathe. Like he's having trouble breathing. <laughs> he's laughing so hard. <laughs> What? Oh boy, he laid his old tired ass out. <laughs> <laughs> his old tired ass out. Dusty was like, had to catch his breath, bro. He was laughing he so hard. He was. Then you hear like this Bobby. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's Bobby laughing hysterically. Uh, probably Tony too, but trying to cover his mic. But oh it's just God. too much, man. I'm trying to think uh, of the last time I laughed at her. Probably, honestly, it's probably yesterday, which is. <laughs> funny that we did this uh you hear dusty laughing at her i was watching 
a compilation of like um I think was it punishments from uh Impractical Jokers or something. <laughs> I think it was best like food moments or something like that. Oh, and this particular man. this is a punishment where Sal had to go in a restaurant and like pour people glasses of water with like Oh drunk, man, like, that was a great on. one. That's a great and one. And he's pouring the water everywhere, like on the <laughs> table, on the floor. Then he, they give him glasses to put on the table, he's missing it. And he actually just sat it was a, he had he got one on the table, then he set the, another glass inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> right? But the best part, the part that had me howling the most was when they take him back behind the curtain and they spin him around in the office chair. <laughs> I think, they, did they give him drunk glasses or did he just... I no, don't think they even that was just the first glasses. stage. They did like two or three other stages and so they didn't have right. the glasses for that one. <laughs> they spin him around give him a tray full of like water and pictures <laughs> and he gets from behind the curtain takes two steps and just wipes out on like four <laughs> tables <laughs> and he doesn't go all the way down the table just kind of leans over he's kind of just slumped over the table like oh <laughs> bro i was like howling laughing that's for like five one. minutes that's a great like one. i don't know what why it was the funniest thing i'd ever seen and then they take him back <laughs> <laughs> spin him around again give him yep. more water on a tray and he fl- soon as he walks out from behind the curtain doesn't make it like three feet goes flying into this wall yeah boom hits the wall everything goes past the wall like all the water in the tray <laughs> goes flying forward he's stuck at the wall like, oh god and he just crawls back <laughs> yeah. behind the curtain man i'm laughing Dude, i'm just thinking good. about it like dying laughing like bro that was funny so like i'm glad Destin Rhodes had that laugh <laughs> like, just I'll tell you, what? by the way, on that show, some of Sal's punishments are the most that make me laugh. Like, oh, so Sal's, hard. It's cringes it's so, so good. much. There's and one he's, where uh, he's delivering lunch to like a uh, oh, building he's and he's got to tell, yeah, he's got to tell everyone their tip sucks. And uh, there's one time where he, like, they're like, all right, you're going to have to be more direct. So he's like, this is a terrible tip. And the one girl's like, <laughs> he, she like, her whole demeanor, her face changes from like happy to like, oh my God, really? Like, and it's the funniest change like I've seen. Just the fact that he has to say that. Uh, another person, he's like, this tip is shit. Like, it's so funny how cringy it is. And then when he's done, he like takes off all the delivery gear, walks back outside with the hood, his hood up and everything so they can't recognize him. Oh my God. It's so, it's so good. Funny, his punishments so on that good. show are so good. So good that that restaurant one, that was great. That might be that be like number one or one A for me. That's Bro, a great. One. I that's the hardest I laughed in a long time. I watched a lot of episodes of Practical Jokers. That oh my god, it was so funny. It's either that or the one where Joe they have Joe backstage at a, like an event checking coats, but then. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fashion show, and he's wearing everybody's coat yeah. on the runway. Yeah, and then they like. <laughs> get on his side too he somehow <laughs> he somehow <laughs> gets them to like cheer that. for him it's the funniest thing only joe could have pulled it off exactly. then they turn back against him when he starts dropping the coach yeah wait like, like wait 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 a second <laughs> they're like they're like this is the worst show ever Just <laughs> <laughs> taking the coats off the hanger and just throwing them on the floor like yeah. <laughs> bro it's the practical jokers it's one yeah, of the classic so shows it's so a hilarious good. show um but back to uncensored 1997 <laughs> Dusty Rhodes just laughing hysterically. I was, I wish we had gotten, you know, obviously Dusty Rhodes passed away uh, back in 2015, but I wish someone had the idea of like sitting a computer in front of Dusty and watching him, like, and we get to watch him react to stuff. Yeah, 
yeah. just just as Dusty Rhodes. Because this is all we this is the best we can get with WCW commentary. Because Dusty would react as if he was a normal person right. watching wrestling. He wouldn't yeah. try to be super analytical or you know a big a big time heel. He would just be Dusty, and it's hysterical. So I wish we could have gotten that type of content where Dusty could just sit in front of a laptop and just react to funny stuff and hear him laugh and, <laughs> and comment on it. Woo, wore his tight ass out. <laughs> oh, boy, he laid his old tight ass out. <laughs> <laughs> he laid his old tight ass out. Man, Dusty Rose, man. Mm. What, a, what, a, what a classic. What a classic, man. It's so Too great. Good. Too good. So good. It was man. funny. Uh, you know, they were obviously watching on the monitor, and uh, there was somebody that like went into the guardrail, and he, <laughs> I think he had had his fix of this match by this point because he's just like, "Who was that that went flying by? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that that went flying by?" Just like little things like that made me laugh because he's probably being serious. He's like, "Okay, like I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't see I who it was because the, the cameraman was on the apron." And where that happened, like they showed the wide angle lens or the wide angle shot uh, of the hard cam, and we couldn't even see who it was. So they're probably watching the same exact angle we were. So he's just like, "Who was that that went flying by?" <laughs> <laughs> right, there's a lot going on. And by the end of this, all the guys were tired. Even Sherry was tired. She's working hard too. Yes. She's whacking people over the head with trash can lids, and you know, doing <laughs> yeah. everything. She's beating the hell out of Public Enemy during this match. Um, but this was 13 at, minutes and 17 seconds. And they were they were spent. They were spent. <laughs> Let me, you hear me? Like t- dead tired. Okay, but they managed to get through. Okay, uh, and you know, Public Enemy hit this double team move, this wild double team move on Stevie Ray, and put him through the table. <laughs> yeah. Never seen that before. Um, but eventually, Jeff Jarrett and Mongo come out. Uh, Jeff Jarrett distracts the referee, which I don't know why he had to. There are there were no, <laughs> no rules. rules. But Mongo hit Rocco Rock in the in the back with the briefcase with the Halliburton. The loaded the Halliburton. <laughs> right. Uh, Booker T capitalized by hitting the Harlem Hangover for the win. Right. And this match is over. <laughs> it was yeah. a wild, Unfortunately. wild ride. <laughs> My God, what a, what a crazy, crazy kind of events uh, with mm. this match on this show. It was just one crazy thing after another. But now we're backstage yet again. With me, Gene Oakland. He was now mm-hmm. talking about the main event, and he interviews Scott Steiner, the Giant, and Lex Luger. Come on in, if you would, please, Scott Steiner, along with the Giant and the total package, Lex Luger, gentlemen. That capacity crowd sitting out there in the arena right now, very anxious to hear from you, Scott, as to the status of your brother. We saw what happened earlier at the hands of the NWO. Obviously, they wanted him out. Well, you know me, Gene, that is the first time I see my brother carried out in an ambulance, and I didn't like it. Oh, they didn't go to the ambulance when they were in but the I car accident. I know my brother, and he'll be back. <laughs> NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, like I needed enough, any more incentives to want to get in the ring and beat you to a pulp. Roddy Roddy Piper, Four Horsemen, stay out of my face, because I'm on a mission. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, you're not going to be able to hide behind the politics of Eric Bischoff. And I'm going to kick some butt tonight. Tell him that. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much stroke uh, Eric Bischoff actually has at this juncture. And before, Lex, I get uh, to none. you. None. He's suspended, Giant, You at one time were a member of the NWO. Now, as you look across the ring tonight, I'm very curious what, what you're thinking. How do you size it up? 
I sized it up very simply. It's time for a giant to do a little spring cleaning. Uh-huh. It's time for me to clean house in WCW. I've gotten to know Rick Steiner very well. He's a hard-headed, hard-bodied, tough individual. The hell? A man that can get hit by a Mack truck and steal two of the tires off. A mean four-legged dog. And he went out in an ambulance. Okay. And believe me, you, you've got Scott Steiner over here. That was his brother, his blood, his best friend. It was. Friend. He's gone now. <laughs> you took him out in a cheap fashion like that. I'm telling you one thing right now. We're going to get dizzy from all the suplexing that's going to be going on with this big man right here. And you know when I get in the ring, I'm going to start choke slamming left and right. And then the total package, well, he speaks for himself. He's got the look. He's got the attitude. He's got the brains. It's all over. It's time to do some rocking, some choke slamming, and some suplexing. You know, the fact oh, that yeah. Lex Luger, that it's going to be... <laughs> Robin, I don't know if that's against, it. Uh, well, I don't know if they're <laughs> insurmountable odds, but both of the other teams will have four men each on their squads. You know, Gene, to put this whole thing in proper perspective... How did you? This is more <laughs> than just <laughs> a Jeez. plain and simple wrestling match. This is about society. This whole anti-establishment <laughs> trash that is espoused by the New World Order since they've come on the scene. <laughs> they have trashed, bashed, thrashed each and every one of us How in about their that? own way. Thrash, authority for society as a whole and all the youngsters out there who watch Let's our great sports, all the past champions from the <laughs> National Wrestling Alliance all the way to the present World Championship Wrestling. There's a lot of tradition, a lot of honor, a lot of injuries, a lot of titles have been defended with honor. They have no honor. So we come together tonight with everything on the line. Adversity has brought us three together. The Giant, myself, and Scott Steiner. Rick Steiner is there in spirit. Adversity brings us together. It makes us stronger. It makes the bond all that much greater. And Gene, I have never been more prepared. I know the Giant and Scotty Steiner have never been more prepared for a wrestling match ever in our careers. We can talk all about it here for as long as we want, but the words are done. It's time for action, and action's what's going to happen. I thank you very much, Lex Luger, Scott Steiner, the Giant. These three men are going to be going into combat here tonight in this highly unusual triangle match against uh, two other four-man teams. And, Tony, I think that just out of the chute uh, presents quite a problem for this particular team representing World Championship Wrestling. (laughs) I am concerned. WCW never had a chance. (laughs) Never had a chance in this Unreal. whole endeavor. Unreal. It's a shame. <laughs> they were a man down from, from the jump. Like, this, this is just, this is rap. Why didn't I guess? No uh, you but, know, maybe DDP could have said, "Yeah, like I'm gonna," and then got attacked, so he couldn't either. So at least it would seem like WCW was trying to even the odds, and they just couldn't. But <laughs> didn't even try. Like DDP totally dodged the question, and then got attacked. So. What, if, what if they actually asked Sting? And like he agreed, but he just showed up late. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we don't know that. We don't know that. He just showed been up late. <laughs> He's like, "Oh man, you know what, man? I, I lost track of time, bro. My bad. <laughs> I was taking a nap up there. <laughs> I, 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 like I was there though. I was, I was knocking people out, but it was, it was after the match. I know it's after yeah. the match. It was too late. That's, and that's on me. That's on me. 
Y'all could have put up a better fight, though. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I still got trash. I mean, I mean, at least Lex Luger eliminated some people, but yeah, right. Scotty Steiner and the Giant, oh, oh, trash. <laughs> what did y'all do? But, like, geez. <laughs> but moving on, it is now time for the WCW World Television Championship. It is Prince Iakea defending against Rey Mysterio. We got Mike Tanay back on the call with the broadcast team. So now we have a four-man booth, uh, and I still didn't hate it. Because at least Mike Tanay had a specific purpose. Um, but Rey Mysterio, he was rocking some Spider-Man-inspired gear. And mm. I'm thinking, like, was he the first wrestler to cosplay with his ring gear? Cause I don't remember a bunch of wrestlers doing that back in the 90s. You know, comic books or superheroes wasn't, like, a big, as Doink. big thing as they are today. <laughs> Who? Doink. <laughs> Who was he cosplaying as? A clown. No, that's Just supposed to be a his, clown. His, He's supposed to be his his Krusty the clown, like Duke the Dumpster Drosy, like the goon. Like that was his occupation. <laughs> I'm thinking like cosplaying like as a superhero or as a character that people know. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm you know if you if I'm wrong, please correct me. There weren't too many people doing it, or anybody doing it in wrestling. I mean, I didn't even think about Mysterio. I didn't even think about it being Spider Man uh, related gear until obviously down the road, like way after even. Right. Uh, what the Riddler type gear at uh, Halloween Havoc, right? Right, ninety-seven. Uh, I wasn't like, not like I didn't watch or read comics. I didn't like I knew obviously the costume, but I didn't even put two and two together until I was an adult. Uh, well, I saw right. other people say that, so yeah, I wouldn't have guessed anything. So, I mean, Superhero. if you bring that question up, I'd say, in, at least in my opinion. Ray might very well have been the first one. Right. Superhero stuff, like, in that popularity that superheroes have on society today, that wasn't, it wasn't that way back in 97. If anything, people probably looked at, like, superhero films as, like, failures, because most of them, outside of, like, Batman and Superman, most of them were failures, <laughs> like, at least box office failures and probably critical failures as well. Um, but, like I said, Batman and Superman were the exceptions um, to that, but, like, they did a Captain America movie in the early late '80s, early '90s. No one remembers that. Man, they did a Punisher movie in around that same time period. No one remembers that. So it wasn't until like, <clears throat> excuse me, Blade and then X Men and then Spider Man came out. Spider Man took it to a whole new level. Blade and X Men before that, and Spawn too. Spawn was there uh, as a comic book. Uh, I guess he kind of was like an anti hero type, but like as a comic book character that had a movie that was successful at the box office that people remember. So Spawn, Blade, X-Men were like the first three, and then Spider-Man came through and was like, pyong, and took it to a whole different level. And then, of course, Marvel has capitalized on that with the whole cinematic universe, and it's still just printing money with that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and DC is doing it as well. Everybody's trying to do a cinematic universe now. Star Wars is doing it as well, so, you know. But back at this point, no, it wasn't that way. But Rey Mysterio was doing it throughout his career after this. I mean, I vividly remember him at WrestleMania 19 being Daredevil or he was at WrestleMania 20, he dressed up as Flash and or he was a Joker at WrestleMania 25 or he dressed he was Avatar at WrestleMania 26 or Captain America at WrestleMania 27, you know, like <clears throat> right. and, or he, he, so he's 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 constantly had been doing it. Uh not to mention the other stuff he would do outside of like superhero stuff like at WrestleMania 22 when he had the Aztec headdress and uh Stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, look, Rey Mysterio, we talked about it before, always had just outstanding gear, uh, was probably ahead of his time as far as, like, really 
you know, putting time and effort into his gear, uh, from a especially like a like a cosplay kind of standpoint. And like I said, his gear is always dope. Even his gear now gets cosplayed by other wrestlers, like Seth Rollins wore the '97 Halloween Havoc gear during their feud in what 2020. And I can only remember CM Punk doing that for the Undertaker when he wore the Undertaker inspired gear for WrestleMania 29. That's like the only other example of somebody doing that, where they're cosplaying another wrestler. Well, well, Sasha Banks did kind of wear Eddie Guerrero tights at uh, WrestleMania the last mm-hmm. time they were in Dallas. Dallas, uh, but yeah, Rey Mysterio ahead of his time always had tremendous gear, including on this night when he was Spider Man, which I fit Rey Mysterio to a T. But uh, this match. It was going fine, and then the bell rang, <laughs> like, and it was like, oh, the fifteen minute time limit was, it had ran out, and I thought that was poorly executed because they needed some type of countdown there to get the tension up, and mm-hmm. but when the bell rang and it's like, well, it's a draw, and the fans are like, what, what, like, yeah. what the hell, and that's what you don't want. You wanted this to be like, oh, there's some some drama there, and we got to see this again, but the people weren't clamoring to see this again. And even though they got more time and, you know, Prince IK eventually won, uh, d- people didn't love the, the draw. Yeah, you didn't even have the title change for more time. It was kind of like anticlimactic. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> people still it, weren't sold on Prince IK. I mean, it was no, cool. That, not at all. You know, they they liked the surprise title one of him beating William Regal, you know, the previous month, but uh, way more behind Rey Mysterio and to have Prince beat Mysterio after they agree to extend the time was very anticlimactic. Yeah, because Rey Mysterio demands more time because he's like, I'm a good challenge for you. Give me more time. Prince IK agrees and they're just like, it's uncensored, so it has to be a winner. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, okay. And the bell rings and more time was granted. Uh, the fans, though, they were giving this boring chance. They, they didn't want to see anymore. I think, again, I think the lack of a countdown hurt it, but like you said, Prince IK won. Uh, he reversed it, Hudakin Rana, as Mike Tanay would say, uh, into a pin to retain the title. But I think yeah. AEW, when they do time limit draws, and I've, you know, I've been a big proponent of time limit draws, but I think AEW could improve upon that finish with a countdown of some sort. And also making it known, this is the time limit, and we're going to have a countdown. And if it's five minutes left, two minutes left, one minute, count it down. And so that tension rises, and you have a hot finish. Just from running out of time. So, uh, but moving on. Did you notice uh, Bobby Heenan oh, giving Doctor J some love during this match? I did. Talked about he just glide through the air. Look at that. Do we have, do we have other. The way he glides, like like. Uh, remember Doctor J used to when he went to the basket, he would glide across that whole building. That's what this man can do. He can, Absolutely. He can fly. He can fly. That building he's referring to is the Spectrum, more than likely here in Philly. Uh. But yeah, did we have any more commentary from this match from uh, Dusty not this and match. Bobby uh, and Tony? They kind of after that Harlem Heat Public Enemy match, I think they were like, you know they what, we need to save our energy for the main event. So yeah, <laughs> I they mean, were we don't, spent. I don't really even have, uh, but I have one from the main event uh, commentary related, and then I have two others. But yeah, they were kind of spent after that. So <laughs> yeah, rightfully so because Dusty was just, woo, he was big <laughs> laughing at that boy. It was, it was super funny though. But we move on. We get an ad for the next month's pay-per-view. It is WCW Spring Stampede. And this ad featured the four horsemen talking about stuff and riding horses. It made no sense. Um, but it was an ad. Uh, but this is the first time they held a Spring Stampede since 1994. Yeah. And we're bringing it back. Yeah, how about that? So, how about that? 
It'll uh, be then we get headlined Michael, well, by Savage versus DDP. So there you go. And then DDP be Savage on that show, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. So there you go. But we then get Michael Buffer, the obscenely expensive Michael Buffer, who's at the a lot of Rams games recently. Mm-hmm. Even though Michael Buffer is an Eagles fan, he's yeah. an Eagles fan. Yeah. Let's let's, let's the let the record Mike. reflect. It's all right. Hey, you got get your money. He didn't say go Rams. He just said let's get ready to rumble. This is brutal. This is brutal. No. If they no no Michael Buffer <laughs> is an Eagles fan, no doubt about it. But he is oh, here. Trying to rehab course. his image. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying this. It, it is what it is. We didn't lose him. He's still he's still a fan of us. All right. He's a loyal Eagles fan, like most are. Almost all are. So, no, we don't, we're not going to disrespect the great name of Michael Buffer like that. Mm. And go birds. Mm. So there you go. But of course, he's here to announce the main event which is a triangle elimination match. We got Team Piper, which is Roddy Piper, Steve McMichael, Jeff Jarrett, and Chris Benoit going against Team WCW, Scott Steiner, Lex Luger, The Giant, and mm, versus the New World <laughs> Order. Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Randy Savage. Now, this match isn't a typical triangle tag team match, which I don't think any of those are typical, but... Here we are. This match has rounds. See, it's like a mix between like war games and uh, a Royal Rumble, you know, battle royal type match and uh, elimination chamber without a cage. I don't know. It's it's a lot going on. But <laughs> round one is five minutes, and that has one member from each team. Remember, there's three three teams here. Round two and rounds two and three are both two minutes. With you know each round coming in with, with there's a new person from each team coming into the ring. Right, round four has no time limits, with the final member of each team coming into the ring, and the eliminations are occur via pinfall, submission, knockout, or by tossing someone over the top rope, like a battle royal. So, you know that's how we can explain eliminating people like the Giant and Kevin Nash, right? But here's the stipulations. A lot of stipulations involved with this match. Okay, if WCW won. The New World Order would have to give up all of their title belts. So the World Heavyweight Championship, the Cruiserweight Championship, and the World Tag Team titles. And, as we discussed earlier, they would be banned for 36 months or three years. Which meant they would have been banned until March of 2000. Spoiler, that's not what's going to happen. Okay, <laughs> We had like three or four inclinations of the NWO by March 2000. So, Right. We <laughs> Well, well past like that expiration date by March of 2000 <laughs> of the New World Order. Um, but at the New World Order 1, they could wrestle for any WCW title at any time or any place. So that's, that's a big deal for the NWO. Hmm. But if Piper slash the Four Horsemen won, if Team Piper won, Roddy Piper would get a cage match with Hulk Hogan. Now, what's the least important stipulation of these three? <laughs> 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 Which, by the way... Spoiler alert, Team Piper didn't win, but he still got a ho- cage match with Hogan later that year. So. Wow. <laughs> uh, Whoop-dee-laude-daude, boola-boola-boola. <laughs> like, if you're going to do that Havoc? eventually, why not just have Team Piper win? You know, right. was that, but, That's a Halloween Havoc, right? It that was, yeah. Yep. yeah cause that's when Piper bit him in the ass when he's trying to climb <laughs> out of the cage. A lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, we on. did a deep dive on that, by the way, so check the archives. <laughs> yeah, check that out. It was a fun deep dive. You know, it was a great show outside of that cage match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> outside of that main event. But it was a great show. 
But we started off with Benoit from Team Piper, Scott Hall from the NWO, and the Giant from World Championship Wrestling. For whatever reason, Scott Hall, Chris Benoit, they don't they didn't work together. They start fighting each other, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which meant the Giant could just take his sweet time, walk to the ring, and just beat both of their asses for the duration of the first round, right? <laughs> but just when it looked, just when it looked like the Giant's gonna make it through the first round. <laughs> He missed Scott Hall when he was trying to do a splash to Scott Hall in the corner, but that sent him flying over the top rope and eliminated him. <sighs> so, so much for that. Bye-bye, the Giant, and WCW is down to now two people. Unbelievable. <laughs> My God. But then, round two starts, and now is Jeff Jarrett, Randy Savage, and Lex Luger. And then round three comes around, no eliminations, uh, but we got Mongo, Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner. Steiner comes in and tosses people left and right. <laughs> Every time I turn around, he suplexes somebody. But no, to no, it doesn't matter. Kevin Nash eliminates Jeff Jarrett by knocking him over the top rope, leaving only Mongo, Benoit, and eventually Roddy Piper to go against the rest of the you know the other teams for Team Piper. But not for long. <laughs> Mongo McMichael was tossed up by Scott Hall leaving only Benoit and eventually Piper <laughs> for Team Piper. And then finally, Roddy Piper comes out. He's the last person for his team. That happens while Scott Steiner is tossed out for Team WCW, leaving only Lex Luger, all by his lonesome. Then oh, Hulk wow. Hogan comes out, but he takes his time. It's time for him to come out, but he takes his time. But he finally does come out with the man of the hour, the, man, the, the, the tower of power, who's too sweet to be sour, is Dennis Rodman. With the WCW World Heavyweight Championship over his right shoulder, and you, you can tell this is all for the photo ops. And you can <laughs> just Dennis Rodman coming out and getting to ringside caused a stir because all of a sudden there are photographers running everywhere at ringside, <laughs> like it's a madhouse. There's police out there protecting yeah. Dennis Rodman, yeah, right? There's a police presence, there's photographers, and there's Dennis Rodman just you know soaking it up. Um, and, and I'm feeling like this is why they made the ringside area bigger than normal. So they can fit police officers, right. uh, you know, photographers, give them plenty of room. So no one is, you know, in each other's way and, and getting too close to Dennis while he's doing his thing. But they, you know, Rodman comes out and he's with Hogan and they're posing for pictures. Meanwhile, there's an all out brawl happening in the ring. <laughs> like People are getting their asses handed to him in there. But Robin and Hogan are throwing up two sweets outside of the ring yeah. for the photographers. Yeah. Very interesting scene. So while we get that happen, Hogan finally gets into the ring. Okay. While he's getting into the ring, all the fans, they're chanting for Sting. This is all they want. Hmm. They're chanting Sting's name. Hmm. Sting, as you may not know, hasn't been around very much since... The NWO formed in July or June of 1996 because he's just he's just tired of it all. But he's been popping up a little bit lately, but no one is sure what side he's on. We find out later in the night. We do. Well, at least we know who's who he's against. All right? Yeah. Piper and Hogan are fighting outside of the ring. Once they're back in the ring, Hogan eliminates Piper by tossing him <laughs> over the top rope. But what? <laughs> With a little bit of help. But my boy, Dennis Rodman. That's so. 
I hate those spots in WCW because their ropes aren't like WWF, so it's, it's totally not believable. It's like you can't. I like, believe this. He he tried. Robin tried, but it's like you move the rope maybe two inches. Like did it really help eliminate Piper? Probably not. But whatever. I mean, maybe Robin just didn't do the spot right. <laughs> like. He is not a wrestler. He well, he know. tried. He you know, the timing yeah, he was tried. good. He 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 grabbed it with both hands. It's just, it's also Hogan and Piper. You know, like they're what their forties at this point. It's like it's not. And f- the forties then were a lot different than the forties now. So yeah. you know the way their bodies were maintained back then. Like Piper could probably could have used more help, but <laughs> to get that rope down so he could. Uh, glide out of the ring and be eliminated, but glide on out. Of it there. just did not. Doctor J. <laughs> it just didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he could fly. Like uh, that was just that was a funny quip by Bobby. I just cracked me up. But yeah, it was just I hate those spots with WCW rings. It's just pulling the top rope down doesn't work for me. Sorry, <laughs> it's like clear to the naked eye. Like it, it's not like WWF. It works. WCW it doesn't. Got to get Dennis Rodman involved somehow. And this hey, that was good. If, I'm not you know blaming him. I'm blaming whoever thought of that spot. So why not Either just way, clothesline Piper, him over the top? Like, I don't know. Piper is good. Yeah, get Rodman involved. Well, yeah, he could have done that. And if you clothesline him, maybe you have more momentum and it looks better. I mean, I know I'm kind of grasping at straws here, but that's just kind of annoyed me even <laughs> watching it back. <laughs> Regardless, Piper is gone, leaving only Chris Benoit for Team Piper. Oh, no. uh, Piper tries to go after Dennis Rodman, yeah. but the police got right in the way. <laughs> that like, they great. did not let that happen. Outside of the ring, though, Hogan and Savage are still beating up Piper. Inside of the ring, Luger and Benoit are going up against Hall and Nash. Uh, Rodman wrapped a chain around his hand and started choking Roddy Piper while Savage and Hogan were beating <laughs> on him. And the photographers are all around yeah. us taking photos. Just the cops were like, all right. Away. The cops kind of like, okay, do your thing. <laughs> right. Just documenting this violence that <laughs> Dennis Rodman is, is committing right now. Uh, but, yeah, this is all for the cameras. It's so funny to see how it works out and just to get those photo ops. So yeah. Dennis had to get that spot in, and the photographers were like right there in Piper's face getting that shot. Um, <laughs> this that, that shot was probably – Definitely in a lot of newspapers next day, I would imagine. Um, especially in Chicago, uh, where, of course, Dennis Rodman was playing at that point. Uh, at some point, Scott Hall hits Chris Benoit with a razor's edge and then tosses him over the top rope. The what edge? Well, I guess the outsider's edge. Oh, you, don't want, you don't want WWF to sue you. Right, that's true. The outsider's <laughs> edge. But that left only Lex Luger to deal with four members of the NWO in the ring and Dennis Rodman outside of the ring, making oh, it five members of the NWO. Mm. Okay. The NWO is soaking it in, soaking it all up. They're just hanging out, posing for photos with Dennis Rodman. But then Luger mounts this miraculous comeback. He First, he puts Randy Savage in a torture rack to eliminate him. Then he knocks Kevin Nash over the top rope to send him packing. Then he puts Scott Hall in a torture rack to eliminate him. It was like three eliminations in like 20 seconds and the crowd is going bananas I'm and rightfully so that was wild <laughs> i'm sure like lex luger they made him like the guy yep like sting no lex luger is the guy he just beat up two, three people in 20 seconds right 
So now it's only Hulk Hogan and Lex Luger. However, the referee was really busy trying to prevent Kevin Nash from getting into the <laughs> ring to notice Scott Hall, or not Scott Hall, Randy Savage, excuse me, take a can of spray paint away from Dennis Rodman and hit Luger in the head with it while he had Hogan in the torture rack. Hogan was about to tap out, but the ref couldn't see it. Because he's busy with Kevin Nash. Hulk Hogan lays on Luger, pins him, and gives the win to the NWO to allow the group to challenge for any title at any time, whenever they want. Rodman gets into the ring. He spray paints Lex Luger's back after the match and slaps him around for good measure. Of course, that's also going to be in the highlights in the, in the papers as well. <laughs> So while the NWO is outside of the ring, they're posing for photos, they're hanging out, they're too sweetin'. The man called Sting drops in the rafters, and the fans go crazy for Sting. Well, we've come to the end of another event. You know, and let me also say this. Dream, you said that Rodman is not a wrestler. And I said, no, you're right, he's not. Yeah. But, oh my! Sting! Sting! Sting is here! Sting from the top! Come on, man! Better up! Play Better your up. cards! Do something! Who are you playing for? Boy, do something! Dang. Yes! All right! Go with it! Go with Stay it! With the bat. Oh. He's got everybody! Yes! Tell him like it is! Dang it! Yes, sir. Talk about the comeback Lex Luger made. Yeah. Look at this. Everybody thought Sting was a member of the NWO. Don't look like that now, does it? Oh, yeah. What a night. Oh, man. Oh, man. Scott Hall is down. <laughs> Put him out, too. All hell is broken loose. <laughs> Yeah. Hands on Hogan and Rodman. Finally, for the first time since the fall of 1996, Sting has shown us a glimpse of what he is all about. Wow. Sting. I don't know who he's playing for, but he's not playing for the NWO, and that's good news right now. Slowly turns and points. Get him in there. Right at one man. Just like Babe Ruth playing in the center field. Hulk Hogan's face. He's pointing at us, man. Yeah, you could just leave, though. <laughs> you could. You know. I'll kill you. Put the bat down. I'll kill you. Hell no, don't put it down. So he put it down, so come get it. This is a big moment in sports Yo, right now because Hogan's going to the ring. And what is Nitro going to be like tomorrow night? I don't know. And right Heenan's now, no, line every pay-per-view. That's real. All you got to do is step through. You're the man. Oh. If you are the man, you say you are. Step through the rope. Okay, you're the big man. Let's do it. Let's see what you got. Yeah, he just took your whole team and put them bye-bye. Sting, Sting packs up Hogan real fast. <laughs> Packed his ass up immediately. Man, oh man, oh man. He knocked the <laughs> 
The way they sign off a lot, I love. That you know was incredible. Amazing moment. The clip itself is legendary on Twitter. Every year that, yeah. it, that this match comes around, this show comes around, that clip is played on Twitter somewhere, and it's legendary. Go on, get them, <laughs> right? But so after all of that, man, that, that send off. Shivani's literally screaming to the top of his lungs. <laughs> like, yeah. we gotta go! <laughs> like, what a cliffhanger for the next night on Nitro. Amazing. Incredible. Incre- incre- you like, until 8 p.m. That's all I look forward to tomorrow. School, I don't give a damn about school. <laughs> and I guess the next day would have been St. Patrick's Day. I don't give a damn about St. Patrick's Day. I'm trying to watch Nitro. <laughs> But waiting all day for Monday night. <laughs> night. Though. And finally, we know Sting right. is on at least anti NWO. So, thinking about it on the way to school, while you're in school, no matter what period it was in class or it was lunch, you're thinking about Sting and, and NWO. What's going to happen? Dennis Robbins there. There's so much going on. Tony Schiavone was screaming, <laughs> like the urgency in his voice. I got to see it. What a cliffhanger for Nitro. And I just wrote, like, this time period was just so special, bro. Between this and and, 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 and even things that's going on in WWF, it was, it's just, what a great time in pro wrestling. You had, a, you had a show like this where the fans are going crazy for Sting. And the announcers are going crazy, and you hadn't seen them in months. And it's like, whoa, there it is. You had to see what was going to happen next. It's, and it's simply just not like this anymore. It's just not mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Wrestling at this time was must see TV. And it would get better. You know, you talk about WWF in 98, it would only get better. Mm-hmm. This was can't miss television week after week. You had to tune into Nitro the next time. After seeing this, you could not watch it. Like AEW is good. It's good from week to week. I appreciate it for what it is. It's a great, it's a great television show, especially nowadays in this landscape. But it simply it just doesn't have quite the juice like this. Like it's it's a pretty exciting atmosphere at AEW shows, but it, it's not like this. Mm-mm. It have that juice, and of course WWE is nowhere near this, right? And hasn't been for a long, long time, right? So man, this was special. That was special time, bro. It was good. It was so good, and the fans were eating it up, and we were watching it. And it's just everything was working, man. And it, and, it, and it's still pretty impressive that WCW held off on Hogan and Sting for like another seven months. Like, you go by that crowd reaction, you're like, you know what? Let's do it at Spring Stampede. Let's do it now. <laughs> like, that's what Mr. Man would do. Let's do it. Let's make this money. Do it on the next night. <laughs> right. Like, you hear that? You hear those fans? Oh my God. They want to see this match so bad. And then somehow, WCW had the patience and the wherewithal and the vision to hold out until Starcade seven months later to put this match on. Now, granted, they messed it all up, <laughs> right? <laughs> but man, this is a great time in pro wrestling, especially in WCW. My goodness. It was on fire, bro. On fire. Oh, boy. He laid it. 
his old tired ass out. Man, what a time. What a time. So, I don't know. You had any thoughts on that, man? Because that was, I don't know. What was your reaction uh, watching that live? Finally. Uh, <laughs> you know, like we, I still, you know, as an 11-year-old, you know, Savage joining the NWO the previous month. You, you still don't know what Sting's going to do, obviously. As a wrestling fan, I you know, literally watching six years at this point, you know, as an 11-year-old, where I kind of like understand maybe like what can happen or what I want to happen. Like I've seen, you know, face turns, heel turns, stuff like that. Um, obviously I wanted Sting to fight against the NWO, but we still didn't know, still didn't know. And the fact that they chose this uh, event surprised me too, because Uncensored wasn't some big WCW pay-per-view and like, Super Brawl to me was like Starcade, obviously, even Halloween Havoc at this point. Uh, those were like the big three, I guess you could say, for me personally. Even though I didn't watch like WCW pay per views throughout my childhood, uh, the way I tracked them on TV and whatnot, those felt like the biggest ones. So obviously, they had a great main event here that was very, uh, you know, I wanted to watch so bad and stuff like that. Uh, not exactly, uh, I don't know. I just didn't feel like we were going to get that ending. So when Sting came down, like, they cleared the ring pretty quickly. So it, it was different in a way where I was like, watching it live, I'm like, okay, maybe they're clearing the ring for Sting, you know, for him to come down. Because usually they would just chill out in the ring and, you know, uh, gawk at the camera and celebrate whatnot, especially with Robin, but they cleared the ring pretty quickly, so I kind of like it, it piqued my, you know, antenna a little bit. I was like watching and watching and back then I probably would have left the room and been like, ah, the pay-per-view's over or whatever. So when Sting came down, I was like, okay, and then you see when you finally see Hall, like, get on the apron and like do his mannerisms, like uh, he's ready to attack, I was like, oh my God, Sting's going to turn, Sting's going to attack him. And uh, he did. And I was just like, oh, finally, you know, once he's hitting everyone with a baseball bat, I'm just sitting there kind of like relieved, you know, like sitting on my mom's bed yeah. watching on pay-per-view. And I'm like, oh, great. Right, I, there's I some this. hope. So, yeah, I definitely, you know, NWO wasn't, not everyone was joining it. Because, you know, it would have been, been boring at some point. Like you needed a, and Luger was great like in his role right there obviously you had the giant and the steiners but like you none of them were sting you know like and yeah i knew sting was wcw at that point since 1991 or whenever i first saw him i had his action figure you know when i was a kid so uh when i was like five or six years old so i knew he was the guy for wcw so finally seeing him attack them uh was just a relief you know and i couldn't wait until Nitro the next night, and obviously, like you said, they did a great job holding off this match for another seven months with Sting and Hogan, and just building the anticipation where J.J. Dillon comes back, and he's like, Sting, what do you want? Oh, I got you a match with Six, and I got you a match with Kurt Henning. It's like, no, that's not what we want, you dumb bastard. We want Sting and Hogan, and uh, just how he you know, reacted to that, basically uh, letting the crowd tell the story for him. Uh, it was just fantastic stuff, and like, yeah, AEW is great nowadays, but we're, I don't think we're ever going to get that feeling that we had in 97 f from all angles in WCW, WWF, or ECW. Like I said, 97 is my favorite year in pro wrestling ever. Uh, 
we're just we're not you know we're incapable of reliving a time like that uh just based off social media based off everybody knows so much about the wrestling business anyway as a whole that that anticipation uh doesn't hold the same weight uh in 2022 as it did in 1997 like we could still be excited for something to happen but it's almost as if if it does happen we're excited, but we expect it to happen. You know, in 1997, we didn't expect stuff like that to happen. We were, we were just hoping it would. So uh, it just made it all the difference. I remember uh, I was excited for, you know, seeing that the next day. But then I was obviously thinking about, oh, how can I watch WrestleMania now? Like, you know, so it was kind of like a double-edged sword for me personally. But uh, just a fantastic ending to that show. And I was glad I watched it live. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you were, man. I couldn't imagine watching a show live. I'd be just like geeked. Like, yeah, I was. I, I think I ran like, downstairs to tell my because I mean my parents watched it, but they weren't like as into it as I was. So I was like, Sting turned on the NWO, like, and they were like, okay. <laughs> I didn't, that's why I didn't Good. talk to them much about wrestling because you know they they liked it for me, you know, but it wasn't their cup of tea. But but like my dad would watch it and right. he liked it, but like my mom wouldn't always watch it. She would here and there. But uh, you know that things that excited me, they were just like, "Oh, that's cool," <laughs> you know. So, right. yeah, that's that was incredible. So, yeah, Incense in nineteen ninety seven, man, it was just like this show was so good on its own, and then you could just look forward to what's next. WCW has some hope. It's just a matter of when it will finally happen. And again, fans had to wait seven more months until we finally got the match, and it was a dud, but it was fun <laughs> getting there. At the very least. Hell but, yeah, and you, you spend all that time also building up another WCW guy in DDP where, yep. you know, in January you wouldn't think that'd be possible. So everything about WCW versus NWO in 1997 was pretty much flawless. And, and then and you it, get Goldberg at the end of 97. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. He's starting yeah. up. So it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. But speaking of good time, we got to wrap up this good time here on episode 319. <laughs> so Nick... Take us out with some plugs, please. Uh, you can follow me at underscore Picone on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. And we are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. And you can check out PhillyInfluencer.com and FoxPHLGambler.com. We're going to have a WrestleMania roundtable in a month or two. So, well, maybe not two, but uh, coming up before WrestleMania. So stay tuned for that. There we go. There we go. And... We're going to have our WrestleMania deep dives coming up. So if you want to uh, have us deep dive into a WrestleMania of your choice, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters radio, where you can subscribe to some exclusive content and you can request a deep dive for the nominal fee of $2. That's one, $2. Very inexpensive, very affordable, but big bang for your buck. So, of course, if you request deep dive, we will fulfill it and then we will allow you to be on the show to talk about the content that we're diving into. Again, we're looking to cover some WrestleManias over the next over the over the March of month of March. We call it our March to WrestleMania. Uh, we did last year with uh, WrestleMania 10. We did WrestleMania 15 with the Blue Meanie. That was a blast. Go check those out in the archives. We're still WrestleMania 10 deep dive is still hysterical to this day, uh, even a year later. Go check it out, like I said. But yeah, if you got a show that you want to deep dive into, slide it on over to patreon.com slash shooters radio. I'm at William Johnson on Twitter. 
You can find me there. You might find me out here in these streets, potentially. Uh, and you can find my professional tweets at, at Eagles and my writing at PhiladelphiaEagles.com when I eventually write again. <laughs> I'll probably be there. So until next time, for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 319 of The Straight Shooters. And we'll catch y'all again next week. Oh, boy, he laid his old tired ass out. <laughs>